I normally start by saying episode 123, but I feel like I shouldn't even start there. Okay. Why is that? I shouldn't even say hello. We should get right into scenario talk. We used to call it scenario talk (laughs) back at WTEM. When we knew that there were cuts coming back 30 years ago when I was working at the DC radio station and we knew budget cuts were coming and you could hear the rumors and everybody was looking over their shoulder. Am I going to be the one? We would go, a couple of friends of mine, colleagues of mine, we would go to this little diner. (laughs) <laughs> and on the Rockville Pike, like almost every day after work for lunch, and we okay. sit there and go through scenario talk. Is he getting it? Am I getting it? Who's getting it? Who's the getting worst this feeling ever? Uh, dude, Mitch Levy, please come to the office. And bring your stuff with you. So I feel like we should get right into what we used to call scenario talk. The Seahawks are the NFC West champion. Congratulations to the Seahawks. Are you happy about that? Sure. Why not? You didn't see me. You walked through the door. I said, "Well, NFC West champions," yeah. and you were like. Well, me and, me and Russell Wilson are the kind of guys we have. We got more business to take care of. It's nice and all, but you know, we want to get to get to the big dance. You you kind of remind me of Joey John Capaletti's little brother Joey. Do you ever see something for Joey, the TV movie about John Capaletti, nineteen seventy three Heisman Trophy winner? I always wonder who watched the TV, the made for TV movies, and now I know who it was. Well, <laughs> your whole life, the is- wed bed. I I told you the bed. Yeah. By the way. Was that last? I think that was one twenty two. Uh, I was stu- no. Was that a was that a patron been, show? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. When I did the wet, the, the, I keep saying the wet better. Yeah. The bed wetter uh-huh. routine. I was stunned at how much mail I got from people who remembered that movie, <laughs> and they were equally as impacted, as scarred as I was. <laughs> yeah, yes. People on Twitter were hitting me like showing oh, me yeah. stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Impactful. Yeah. Well, there was another one called Something for Joey. Okay. John Capel. Does that name not? Yeah, it sounds familiar. Penn State running back won the Heisman. I think nineteen seventy three. Okay. Had a little brother with leukemia who would pass away yeah. later. Just a heart-wrenching story, a tearjerker, to say the least. And the story in their relationship while he was starring at Penn State and his, his little brother was struggling with cancer. His brother at one point said to him, he, he went to him his senior year. I think this is a true story. It was at least in the movie. I don't know if it was true. What do you want, Joey, for your birthday? And he said, I want four touchdowns. Oh, boy. This week. It's a lot. And John Capaletti was kind of pissed that his little brother would ask him for that. <laughs> really? Because that's a little bit much. Yeah, that's a lot, sure. What is he, Alvin Kamara? And you reminded me. And so then they had the team in, in the movie. They had the game and he scores the first touchdown and then he scores the second oh. touchdown. Everybody's going crazy. But little Joey won't get out of his seat. He's got his fingers. One, two. He's not cheering until he gets four. Everybody else in, in Penn <laughs> State's going crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Capaletti scoring <laughs> touchdowns. They're winning. Everybody's cheering except for little Joey. He won't even applaud three. Wow. And he gets to like three touchdowns. And they take Capaletti out of the game. Oh. Joe Paterno takes Capaletti out of the game. No good. And then there's this scene. I- I'm sure this never happened. Okay. But it was great for T. And then there's this scene where they're way ahead and they're at the goal line again. And you see Paterno, the-, the actor playing Paterno, talking. Somebody's whispering in his ear. Another teammate is whispering in his ear. Yeah. And he yells, John, get in there. And John gets in there. And he scores the fourth touchdown. Amazing. And then Joey gets up and cheers because he scored his fourth touchdown. He gotcha. got his fourth touchdown. You reminded me of Joey Capaletti. <laughs> a long way to go for that yes, analogy. a long way to go. You reminded me of Joey Capaletti <laughs> yeah. in, in the way that I said, okay, NFC West champs. Yeah. And you were, like, you were like the way he was after two touchdowns. Like, okay. Yeah. I want more. I would have said I'm sort of like Joey. I'm going to call you Joey the rest of the show. <laughs> I think, I'm like Atlanta Braves fans in the early 90s. Me? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, we made the playoffs, but they, oh, they, they didn't yeah. even sell out like for playoff games until no. they got to the World oh, Series. No. They didn't even sell out for World Series <laughs> right. games because people knew what was going to happen. So used to it. Really? 
You're taking this team for they're 11 and four. They've had a nice solid season. I think it's a very Come nice on. season. Yeah, sure. 11 and four. But is you're great. not excited. I I thought oh. I, I thought I'd see a little bit. Of, and they they pretty much won the game comfortably on Sunday, 20 to nine, fairly comfortably. It felt like you the, didn't have to sweat it out at the very no, very end. For sure, didn't. It was the first time you I could come remember. Down to a field goal. First time I can remember in a while where it felt like the Joey. Seahawks are beating their beating their ass in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I hadn't felt that way against the Rams for I don't know how long. Where it's like, yeah, we we got them. This is over. We're we're sticking it to them. It was great. It was a great feeling. So why weren't you a little bit more excited than Joey Capaletti? Well, next time I'll drop my pants and fire a rocket. (laughs) (laughs) No one knows that. Oh god! All right, so they're NFC West champs. I haven't said episode one twenty three yet. They're uh, they're they're NFC West champs. A win next week against the Forty Niners. This week against the Forty Niners, and a Green Bay. And New Orleans loss, and what happens, Hotshot? Oh, no. Joey, what happens, I'm Joey? I'm going to say number one seed. Number one seed. Yeah. A win. And by the way, why? Even Joe oh. Buck got it oh. wrong on Fox. Oh, he did? Oh, my God. He said, the Packers need to lose to the Titans tonight. Come on. Even they don't have it right. Oh, that's an AFC team, man. They don't have it right. Okay, gotcha. So, so why is it? Oh. Why is it? What's the tiebreaker that they win with both the Saints and the Packers if the Packers lose to an NFC team next week, this week, yep. and the uh, Saints lose this week to an NFC team? I think it's common opponent. You got it. All right. Thank you so much. You got yeah. it. They would win the common opponent's tiebreaker with both. So if they win and one of Green Bay and New Orleans loses on Sunday, they are the... Two seed. Thank you. You're welcome. If... They win, but both Green Bay and New Orleans win on Sunday. They are the three seed. Thank you. Yes, I'm Joey. better than Joe Buck. Yeah, Joey. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, it's exciting though. It's an exciting time. I'm. I am. I am excited for this team. Yeah, I am. I just want to get to the playoffs and let's see how they do. Do you in the still fear the Rams? You know, we've been we've been talking for weeks. They're going to make the playoffs. We don't want to play the Rams in the first round. Anything but a 3-6 matchup of the Rams. Who wants the Rams? Anybody but the Rams. And then you watch on Sunday, 20-9 over the Rams, where they smacked Jared Goff. They did. And the helmet got right in the way of the the, the little little piggy. One little piggy, two little piggy. When I was 19 years old, I have to tell you this really quick. I'm driving across the the Soquami Pass. It's got to be better than my Joey Capaletti story. (laughs) It's it's not, but... (laughs) Because anything is better than my Joey Capaletti story. But I can feel his pain. We stopped up at the pass where we got in a snowball fight with some friends. My car door was open, and I was trying to throw one over my car at someone. And as hard as I could, I smacked my hand on the top of my car. Oh, jeez. And it was cold out. My oh. Head, oh, I wanted to die. So when I saw him tonight, I, I was like, I, I've been there, dude. I know that. Because you're literally throwing as hard as you can, not expecting anything to be there. Right. So I, I, I felt for him a little bit. Sucks. Awful. But yeah, whatever. They beat him. But to answer your question, I honestly you fear them. I feel better. Because I, I'm, I'm prepared before I even say episode 123, which yeah. I always do at the beginning. I'm prepared to tell you right now, if you still kind of dread them, a reasonable way they don't even make the playoffs. Wow. Joey. Okay. I don't know if you want that or not. This is a little Mr. P for later on in the week when we do the patron show. But but if you don't fear them at all anymore, if you're going to look me in the eye and go, oh, after what I saw Sunday, we got them. We got their number. We can face them in the first round. Who cares? Then I don't have to tell you this scenario. If you still on some level dread them, I can give you a way that they – Missed the playoffs entirely. Sunday afternoon at 120, I would have said, hey, I definitely don't want them. 
as we record this, I'm feeling a little better about it. Because you saw the win. Jared Goff did not look great he's, to me. Because he's not great to you or anybody else. 134 million he yeah, got because yeah. he's good. Couldn't we all just screw up at our jobs like <laughs> oh, that and man. get 134 million? Right, like if you're a, roof, a roofer, a roofer, and you're not good at your job, you don't then get a raise, right? As Bino you, would you say, sued. could you imagine if you were an air traffic controller <laughs> right. and you were as bad at bringing the planes in? Yeah. As Jared Goff is a quarterback and yeah. still paid $134 million? When the game first started, I, I thought it was going to be just the Cooper Cup show. And by uh, the way... They can't stop him. Do, is it? Does every team that they play say that? Or is it? Is does he really that good? I feel he's like good. every he's time crafty. we play Cooper Cup, he he's just crafty. goes off. Yeah, he's crafty. Yeah, he is, isn't he? He gets right into the little seams. Oh. He beats you on a little out route. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, he's, he's tough. Okay. I kind of waved a white flag on him. I just assumed that the, he's going to get a first down every time they throw yeah. to him. Yeah. Do you, what do you want? I haven't said episode 123. Now Steve's already pissed. We haven't even started. Oh, we right. haven't started the tease yet. Forget starting the show. Right. We haven't started the tease yet. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Um, yes. I, do you want to know how they missed the playoffs? Well, of course I do, but I feel better about playing them now. I feel a lot better. What's so he, I'm, I'm, Joey, o- I'm okay answer. with playing them if it's 3-6. I am I can live with that. How about 2-7? Two seven, yeah. You could play him two seven too. All right. Well, what's the scenario when they don't make the playoffs? When they don't at make all? the playoffs. The Bears upset the Packers. Okay. At ten a.m. Unless they change the schedule, ten a.m. this Sunday, the Bears are going to play the Packers. We already know that we're rooting for the Bears to beat the Packers sure. because we want we want the Packers to fall. We want the one seed or whatever, yep. right? If the Bears, who are now all of a sudden Mitchell Trubisky is red hot, red hot, yeah, red hot. If the Bears beat the Packers, the Rams. Must beat the Cardinals Ooh. at 125 on Sunday, or they're out of the playoffs. Amazing! Out. They're uh, out. Two weeks ago, they were the, the they're NFC. Out. Oh wow, Joey, Joey, look at me. I'm got you. They're out. I got you. Okay, they're out. Out. If the Bears win and the Cardinals beat them, okay, then the three wild cards would be the Bucks, the Bears, and the Cardinals. Rams out. Nine. So the Bears would be nine and seven. Are the they bear, seven right now? The Bears would be nine and seven. Okay. The Cardinals would be nine and seven. The Rams would be nine and seven. Little known fact, when you have a three-way tiebreaker for a wild card spot, okay. Joey. Yeah. What's the first thing you oh. do? You're gonna get this wrong. And yeah. this is and this is the reason why the Rams are out. What's the first thing you do? When you have three teams that are tied for a wild card. Why? Little known. A lot of people don't know this step. So I assume it's not the round robin. No, 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 no. First thing you do before you do anything with a three-team wild card. No clue. You ask the question whether two teams are from the same division. Oh, that's the first thing. And you fiddle with them first. The Rams and the Cardinals would be from the same Ah. division. They would have split if if the Cardinals beat the Rams. And the... Cardinals would have a better divisional record than the Rams. So the Cardinals, you would take the Cardinals, you put the Rams aside, Cardinals versus Bears. Okay. Bears own the tiebreaker with the Cardinals, so the Bears go, and then you're left with the Cardinals and Rams, and I just told you the Cardinals would have the tiebreaker with the Rams, so the Rams would be out. If the Bears win and the Cardinals beat the Rams, the Rams are Outski Shitsky. Not even Shitsky Outski of Lutsky. Not even okay. in the grotto. They're out, out. No, they're not even in the grotto. Whoa, People man. don't know the grotto. Oh, Only oh, the patrons right. know the grotto. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. I can't okay. keep it straight. Episode 123. Hey, welcome. How the hell are you? <laughs> How was your Christmas? Fantastic. Thank you for asking. Yeah. We, uh, we, we ordered, well, we're not really a traditional family in a lot of senses. So for dinner, we said, we'll just order Chinese food. Easy. Oh, that's a big, that's a big, our, our team does that a lot. 
of Scientology, right? You guys yeah, love yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Um, Christmas chi- Chinese on Christmas yeah. is a tradition for the guys on our team. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, but yeah, I didn't know yeah. it was a tradition for freaking everybody. Apparently, oh, it's a it's, it's hard to get Chinese on Christmas. It's so hard to get. Oh, well, I should have oh, asked oh you. Oh my god. It's I, like I, finding a diamond in a haystack. I called one needle, place. Needle in a haystack. Yeah, the, <laughs> diamond in the rough. <laughs> yeah. Needle in the rough, diamond in the haystack. There you go. I called one place, Busy Signal. Who's sort of Busy hours. Signal in 2020, right? <laughs> yeah. I keep calling, keep calling. Finally, she picks up and just sets the phone down. Yeah. Like, just, Never just, comes back. Too busy to even like say <laughs> oh, hello. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I hear- Never it says Christmas Eve or Christmas, Christmas Day? Christmas Day. I thought you went to your in-laws Christmas Day. Uh, Christmas Eve we spent with the in-laws. Okay. With the in-law, just okay. one guy. But, yeah. but she puts the phone down, and I hear a guy in the background go, we've been waiting an hour and a half. We still don't have our order. And, and she's yelling at this poor woman. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't think you wanted it. And, and she still hasn't picked up the phone. And I'm just like, okay, I'm out. That, that was me. <laughs> that was you. <laughs> I should have known that was you. Oh, my gosh. So I said, forget it. Oh, We're out on that place. And she's too It's I, tough. I call another place. I'm on my way there. He's and I pull over to order. I, that they, was all busy every yeah, time. But yeah. He finally picks up and says, um, it'll be 90 minutes. So, of course, I was like, all right, I'm, we're in. We have no food. We're gonna, yeah, yeah. I just turn around and go back home and play some cards until I get there. I sat in the restaurant for another hour on top of the 90 minutes. They just, let you in. Just sit there. Well, they, they spaced us out, yeah, all, you yeah, know, but yeah. there was like... You and the DoorDash six people. Six or seven people, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and Uber Eats. It's crazy. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. I've told my wife a few times I'd like to open up a Chinese restaurant that's only open on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, you pay the lease all year and you just open on One Christmas. day. Yeah. Let's go. Well, the, the, the owner did say New Year's Eve a big one too so they have, they have two days oh, okay. but don't remember the movie the christmas story with peter billingsley and, no, and i never saw christmas story well and it, i never also saw the the famous one i never saw that one either that everybody talks about on christmas uh, oh it's, a, it's wonder, a wonderful life never saw it oh it's a good story it's like in color now too yeah, no, I but <laughs> it's, i didn't I know that it it, it's amazing who says i want to see it in color but on the peter billingsley one some dogs come in and tear up their turkey and they're the, it's all so they they have to go out the, they're the only family in the restaurant so my whole my only experience with Chinese food on yeah, Christmas yeah. is that nobody goes. Everyone's at home eating turkey and ham like it's the 50s or something. But it was freaking packed. I couldn't believe uh, it. So anyway. Did you get gifts? Or do you are you only a giver or do you get them too? No, I, I don't want anything ever. But they always get me stuff. So yeah, I got it. What's I, the nicest thing? Or not the nicest thing. What's the thing that got you most excited? Well, Santa brought a Switch. A Switch. Yeah, it's a Nintendo Switch. It's a, a Nintendo, console. Like, oh, she Santa brought that. You, for, you're a gamer. You're still a gamer at your age. You're 90 for God's sake. Well, sense. Mario Kart is my thing. Okay, I and love, you never had Switch. I no. Well, the good news is, is that it's three years old. See, you're well because I didn't have to get an Xbox or a PlayStation like you guys. You guys are up against it. I felt bad for all of you. My daughter doesn't know from that, luckily. So this thing's three years old. I was like, done. So the Switch was great, and then I got an, another pair of um, ear uh, noise canceling. Bose. Bose head, head, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. For the plane that we can't take. That's exactly right. Yeah. Because my first pair, I have another pair, but I'd wear yeah. them to work out. I'd do yard work in well, them. they got schmutzy. Completely. And, and Very they, schmutzy. And they actually split, and you can see the foam rubber was kind of like Yeah, and they stink. And, stink, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't throw them in the wash. But by the way, you can order new ones. You can order just the replacement pads. Oh. And I did. I did not know that. I, I, I can help anybody if they need help. I okay. was so mad that I ruined my nice headphones, but you could buy replacements. But now I have a nice pair for like playing stuff. So, yeah, that, so you, that was you, very you nice. You cleaned up. I did. Very and good. I got Merry this Christmas. little ninja cooker thing that's pretty sweet too. What does like, that mean, ninja cooker? That's the brand ninja. And it, yeah, I know ninja. We have a ninja like a blender. Like, yeah, we have yeah, a ninja yeah. blender. Same, same brand, yeah. but it, you can grill inside your house essentially. So you put the meat really? on, you close the lid. and really? yeah. yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I did well. When you burn your house down, don't come over here and stick. <laughs> I won't. Don't worry. <laughs> 
episode 123. Please subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. Hip Hop Foxtrot left a nice review at Apple Podcasts. He said, Monday, Monday, so good to me. Happy to have Mitch to listen to again. Scott is always upbeat. I should become a patron, but won't get anything else done. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. You got to multitask. That's a weak excuse. It's a cop-out. A bit of a cop-out, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. Come on. Yeah. Won't I should make these shows, these Monday shows, like three minutes. That'll get him. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see now if you sign we'll up, do these buddy. things that are two hours and 45 <laughs> yeah. minutes, and they listen to it all week. Then they have no reason to become a patron. I should make... You know what? 124. I want you to come over here. We're doing 90 seconds and out. Sounds good to me. <laughs> How am I going to get the spots in? Become a patron at Mitch Unfiltered. $5 a month. You get all our weekly shows. What's next for Hotshot Scott? Or in this case, Joey. What are you doing next? You working on anything? I am working for the on patrons. Something. Sure, I am. Want to share with us anything? Um, it's the same kind of idea. It's about uh, a male singer. It's about you all, did all Phil the Phil Collins. Yeah, I did Phil Collins. Stevie Perry. Correct. And this is a, another guy. I kind of want to keep it secret for now. Okay. But I don't want. Pe- but it's he was a lead singer of a big band, and seventy-seven to eighty-seven was his heyday. So you'll know. Every, you may not like it, but you'll know every song. So yeah, I am. Still and you chose on that. him why? Well, first of all, I have to sort of like the music because this is such a big, big project. So I'm a big fan of his, and I don't think he ever. So gets... you're a big fan of of, of Stevie, yeah, sure. Perry and Phil Collins. I love Steve. Steve oh, Perry. I, I didn't think you liked Phil Collins. Um, I like him a lot, but we okay. that one started because we talked about it. Okay, this guy should be on every list of greatest okay. rock singers of all time, and he never is. So, all right. I, I and when when can people. we expect? Uh, are we going to get it before 21 or no? I don't know. We'll see how that's, next that's week a, goes. That's a no. It's an I don't know. Are patrons going to uh, like this one? They're going to love this one? What do you think? I think they're going to like it the same as they've liked the Steve okay, Perry good, one. Yeah, a lot of hits good. for this this guy. Beat the boys. You're 2-0. and o. Yes, sir. Heading into the Sunday nighter. Told you. It only took I'm me 14 weeks to get hot. I picked the Rams. <laughs> You're 0-2. You I took the Rams. Ra- I was going to ask I you. I took the Eagles over the Cowboys. I took uh, the Rams over the Seahawks. I got to the Rams-Seahawks game, and whenever I'm – I'm kind of conflicted about a Dolphins pick or a Seahawks pick. Mm-hmm. I tend, if I'm conflicted, I tend to go the other way and say to myself, well, I'm going to be happy one way or the other. So you hedge. I hedge. Yeah, yeah. All right. I was going to say, how many people, you probably don't know, picked, picked, <clears throat> picked the Rams? I, guess. I have no idea. All right. I'm Who guessing, would? Well, the guy that I have a side bet with did, so he oh, lost. Yeah, yeah, but so you're I, way behind him. Well, got no- <laughs> I actually think I'm 8-0 eight eight no in my last eight. Are you really? I think I You're going to yeah. save me some prizes. I'm trying. That's beautiful. You're not doing it. Because I have to send switches to all these people. <laughs> That's right. You just pull them off the tree and send it to them. Beat the Boys, presented by Fireside Home Solutions. I love John. I love Fireside Home Solutions. Without sponsors, none of this is possible. If you're looking for a new fireplace or you got an old one or you want to have a new one, I'm telling you. You're going to love Fireside Home Solutions. Start your search at FiresideHomeSolutions.com. Give them a shot. If you like Mitch Unfiltered and you'd like a new fireplace, give Fireside Home Solutions a shot. Here are the three for next week, or I should say this week. Okay. We- weekend number seven. I guess it's the last weekend. Oh, so There's sad. no more. Uh, you know what? I'm going to keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep it going through the playoffs. I can change the rules. I'm in charge. That's right. It's your contest. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, just keep going through the playoffs. No legal to go through or any of that nonsense. Well, I got to make sure the web the web guys will do it. But the three for the uh, weekend seventeen are as follows: okay. Steelers, Browns. The Browns are finding a way to maybe not even make the playoffs, just like the Rams are doing. That's by incredible. The way. If that's true, that's incredible. Both the Rams and the Browns are need to get some work done the final week of the season or get some help. Otherwise, both of them could be left behind. Left stranded. Wow. Anyway, Steelers-Browns game one, Cardinals-Rams, which I just talked about. Yep. Uh, number two, and uh, Finns, 
How'd you like that Saturday night? Well, I'll have Finn's you know. Bills. I'll have How'd you, you like that? I'll have you How'd know you like Fitzmagic? Um, I'll have you know that we had an eight o'clock time at uh, where she plays basketball, where she works out at. Yeah. And you can get you could get an hour in the gym. Hour of so her and I went and played basketball for an hour. Yeah. So I only saw the highlights, but people are texting and tweeting. It's the craziest game of the year. Like the way they won the game, the amazing, most, un, uh, most unbelievable thing. Like nineteen seconds. Yeah. I and he got face masks, and you probably seen the highlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Crazy. Anyway, Finns, Bill, Steelers, Browns, Cardinals, Rams. Those are the three games you pick in the Beat the Boys presented by Fireside Home Solutions where everybody who beats us gets something. I don't know what I'm going to give you. <laughs> like a chewed pencil by now because it's like 5,000 people. <laughs> uh, and your code word is, and you'll know why I'm using this as the code word. I just felt like it. Sonics. Oh, there you go. A lot of, a lot of smoke. Sonics. A lot of smoke. Yeah. yeah. Sonics. Yeah. All right. Brady Henderson, Rick Neuheisel, and the director of infection control at UW Medicine, who has been in charge of watching all of the vaccinations come in, ah. and he's been vaccinating people, and it's like his last two weeks has been been one of the most joyous celebrations, at least in his mind. I mean, celebrations sure. used loosely. His name is Dr. John Lynch, and he's going to join us and tell us what the last two weeks of getting all these vaccinations in and getting the healthcare workers and getting the frontline people vaccinated. What's it been? What's his world been like? Yeah. He's going to tell you, I don't want to give it away, that for some strange reason, I asked him because I hate shots. Do you like shots? Who likes them? I hate them. Okay. I, I, I've been scared of needles all my life. Oh, then I won't tell you. I've, got, I've gotten a lot better since I've gotten older because I've had to have them more often. Yeah. But boy, as a kid, I hated needles. And, and even as a young adult, I hated needles. So, well, I, then I won't tell you the scariest scene I've ever seen in a horror movie. I, I, I don't. Please I don't. won't tell you that scene in Saw 2. I won't tell no, you. Please don't tell you, me. Because you'll never no, forget when I, I, I tell I, you. I don't want you to tell me. Please don't tell me. No, you're setting me up. Don't tell you'll me. You'll never I don't forget it. I don't want to know. Horrifying. I don't, Steve wants us to start the <laughs> okay, show. Okay, go ahead. Go okay. on. Anyway, um, I asked him part of the interview. It's a really good interview. One of the one of the questions I asked is, does, compared to the flu shot that I get every year, does it hurt more, <laughs> hurt less, or hurt the same? And he literally says the following, you're not going to believe this. I've been watching hundreds of people get vaccinated in the last two weeks. You wouldn't be surprised how many people don't believe they were vaccinated. They don't even feel it. Oh. For some reason, he says, I can't. There's no medical explanation for this. Huh. But literally, and it's not like, there's something about the needle or whatever. There's so, people like can't even feel. They're like, they don't believe they were vaccinated. Interesting. And so I said, is it possible it's the psychology yeah. of it? Like, we're so excited to get a shot sure. for the first time in our life that we just, <laughs> we're, you know, like the, the, the adrenaline just kills the feeling. He said, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. He said, I'm telling you. People are not even feeling the shot. <laughs> awesome. That sounds good. I said, then. can I have six? Right. <laughs> I'll take one in that arm. <laughs> Naked lady teeth. That's right. <laughs> I'll take a little of that. I'll take a little of this. <laughs> anyway, Dr. John Lynch, UW Medicine Director of Infection Control, will join us on this episode 123. The final episode of 2020 for Mitch Unfiltered and a heartfelt thank you to the partners that make it all so very possible, like the Kirkland office of Guild Mortgage. Typically, Jordan Flowers would be on the show to explain why you need to look at your home mortgage closely. There's so much money to be saved out there. But this time around, Jordan wants to talk about his favorite charities on episode 123. Tis the giving season at the Kirkland office of Guild Mortgage, 425-250-3150. 
Evergreen Golf Call, tax advisors, certified financial planners, experienced portfolio managers, all working together to bring retirement planning, taxes, and investments under one roof. Sign up for an upcoming money workshop by visiting them at evergreengk.com. More than just a financial advisor, Evergreen is everything wealth. Happy New Year from our friends at Zeke's Pizza. Download the app and have a little Zeke's Pizza and great Northwest beer delivered right to your door in no time this holiday season. Last few times for me, I threw in a Zeke's Famous Chopped Salad. Hold the garbanzo beans, please. I love it. Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. And Daniel's Broiler introducing a New Year's Eve special straight to your door from Daniel's Broiler, a three-course dinner, choice of lobster bisque, clam chowder, or Caesar salad, followed by the ultimate surf and turf, a USDA prime filet and lobster tail with dessert included. Daniel's Broiler, a world-class steakhouse. It's episode 123, and it starts right now. Unfiltered. Quandre Diggs is a starting safety for the NFC Pro Bowl. Now, I like Quandre Diggs, don't get me wrong, but watch I've watched a lot of Con- Quandre Diggs. I haven't watched every other safety in the NFL. I would have never put him in the class of starting safety for the NFC Pro Bowl. Right. Never. Yeah. I was I almost fell out of my chair when I saw that announcement. Unfiltered. Somebody got a hold of Dabo Sweeney's most recent okay. ballot. Uh, you know, this is the Clemson team that made the Final Four that's facing Ohio State in the semifinal, yep. the national semifinal. He had Ohio State 11th. Now, there are a lot of coaches, <laughs> when they know that they're playing somebody, that would put them first just because they don't want to tempt the karma god. Course, I'm just yeah. I'm just going to put them first. You don't want locker room material and he all that. He put yeah. his opponent <laughs> 11th. Mitch is unfiltered. All right, tell me. Tell me about the scene. Well, really? I mean, I mean, I, it, it wasn't real, so, you know. You can... I watched my son, and I know that there's worse, but my son, my youngest son, played in a Thanksgiving Day flag football game like a, a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Like two, a couple of years ago. He was like probably 12 or 13 at the time. Brett. And he collided heads with a guy. Oh. And it was nasty. Oh, one of the worst things I ever saw was at UW. These intramural kids were outside. I was trying to get in shape for footballs. Yeah. Yeah, full speed, head full to head. Full speed, head to head. I run over like the only adult trying to stop them. It was horrendous. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. scary. That yeah, I, I watched it happen, and they start calling me down because the other one, the other kid just had a headache. Yeah. Brett's just bleeding all right. over. And then the head place. wounds bleed more than anything. Right over the eye. Yeah, all the, all I mean, the worst. Like, yeah. like uh, in the eye, almost in the eyelid, right here. Gosh. Right over the eye. The orbital we, socket. We got we to take him to the hospital, and he's got to get shots right into the into the wound. And I watched it happen. A guy who's as queasy as I am. Wow. Watched it happen. I mean, can they numb him up first or no? Or just they got to just... Well, they they put a little bit of ointment on yeah, him. Numbing ointment. Topical, but doesn't yeah, really yeah. work. Oh, <laughs> poor kid. Oh, That's God. rough. Yeah. And I had to sit there and watch, and he's screaming, and it was just... Awful. Yeah, no good. Awful. So, you want to tell me about the scene before I start episode 123? Are you not? familiar with the movie Saw? Like, no, the, no. the premise behind S-A-W? it? S-A-W? Yeah. Well, like, like a saw. Correct. <laughs> yeah, the reason it's called that is because a guy finds himself chained up in, like, a crappy old bathroom. Yeah. Uh, he's got one around his ankle, and somebody left a hacksaw for him to see if he could, if he would be, if he was desperate enough to cut his... Oh, my God. Right, okay. Is this the Kathy Bates thing where... No, that's... She, um, she, uh, she, she... The sledgehammer? Yeah. No, James Kahn? That's, that's, that's misery. 
James Caan was never the same as an actor after that. That's right. <laughs> never the same. So he, he comes up with these torturous things for people. He gets a kick out of it. And yeah. one of them is he filled a swimming pool, an yeah. em- empty swimming pool, full of syringes <sighs> and threw someone in there. <gasps> they had to work their, way, work their way through it. And there's one sticking out of their arms, their chest. They're like, because, you know, no matter where you go, it's just you can't climb out. It's just needle after needle. Awful. Horror, I, I love horror movies, and that was, that was a tough watch. I was like, God, that's awful, man. So there you go. You'll never forget that scene as long as you live. Should we go right into the Seahawks stuff, or should we mention some of the other stuff? I mentioned Finn's Raiders. The Jets win two in a row. The Falcons and Bears have a little, by the way. You know, the Falcons and Bears are the two teams you're rooting for against the Saints and Packers next, next week or this yep. week. All of a sudden, the Falcons and Bears both have a little momentum. Falcons had a chance to beat the Chiefs in Kansas City Missed on Sunday. Missed a kick, right? Missed a kick at yeah. the end. Alvin Kamara, six touchdowns. Oh. I don't know. Adam Silver, I guess in the other stuff segment, we'll play the audio of Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA, opening the door for not only NBA expansion, but talking, raving about. I mean, I, I don't think any of us had any doubt about this, that Seattle will be the number one choice. Right. If, they ex- if they expand to one city, which they won't, they'll do two. But if they were going to expand to like a half a city, yeah. it would be Seattle. 41-year track record. It's a pretty good yeah. track record. Yeah. So uh, we'll play the audio of that in the other stuff segment. Uh, Kentucky basketball, 1-6. You don't see that very often. Didn't they start 1-0 and and then lose six in I a row? I don't know. Maybe they did. It's crazy. John Calipari's blaming himself. He said he liked to punch himself in the mouth or in the nose for scheduling what the way he did. <laughs> Jay Wright, the Villanova coach, is COVID. Did you see the Steph Curry video? Yeah, he hit a ton of threes in a row. A minute and five seconds. I think it's a minute and five. Maybe it's five minutes. No, he had 105 straight threes yeah. that he made. Someone sent me that. Incredible. Incredible. I know. 105 straight threes. I don't even know what to say to it. It's, it's just, it's unreal. And he'll shoot from, he probably wasn't, I mean, he no, wasn't. this on. was the corner. He was just in the corner. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, I've yeah. seen him shoot from like the logo, but yeah, like, oh, yeah, it's not they all luck. Do. yeah. yeah. It's, no, they're all they're unbelievable. He's unreal, yeah. that guy. The RIPs, I'm sure we'll save for later. There's like three or four of them that are really one is one to me is so hurtful and heartbreaking yeah. and sad, and my my heart just bleeds this holiday season for one of them. So we'll we'll wait for that at the other stuff. And the Seahawks won twenty to nine. What do you like? Right. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I got ten. I got ten. Ten thoughts. I was going to call them pearls of wisdom, but they're not pearls of anything. And most of them we don't have to talk about for a long time. I just want to mention. I got ten. So why don't you go first with anything that you'd like to ask or say about the Seahawks' NFC West Division clinching win over the uh, Los Angeles Rams. The thing that's annoying me the most was that penalty called on DK Metcalf. I can't. It's, it's number. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, you have to five. Have it. I, I can't. The illegal shift that could have changed the entire season. It felt like at the moment yeah. they were going to lose the game because of that call. Yep. I don't, but I'm just a very, I'm a, you know, I'm a negative Nelly. Okay, so, I'm, I'm not. We've said with the good come the bad. I, I don't know if I'm ready to put that on the bad ledger. He rocked backwards like a half. Oh no no no! Are you oh oh? Are we talking about? Are you blaming DK for that? Well, I'm saying I'm I'm not necessarily. It was ticky tack. Okay. I don't know. I agree. I think it's ticky tack. Who's making that crap. call? Really, you're I really know. making that call? You have nothing to do all game. So a guy barely. He moves. had to have had money on the game. That guy. I, it was the craziest call. I've, the only guy that would make that call would be a guy that's rooting for the Rams. <laughs> I know. Come on. <laughs> that was the dumbest. That bugged me Come so on. bad. That so, call. It was so, and it was such a huge call at the time. That's Thank right. God. Thank yep. God. Yeah. All right. I'm sure yeah. you're going to talk about Russell Wilson. I assume. No, I'm not. <laughs> You've heard of him. He's, not, he's not on the top ten. He's not on the ten. What's wrong? Well, no, nothing. He, he his game didn't stand out. No, 
But when they needed him to do what he does and be a badass, he did it. A couple of third down plays stand out to me. The one that he could have run on and he threw it deep to David Moore. I was going to kill him when the ball. That's that's the ultimate, like when you're a basketball coach yeah, yeah. and they shoot a shot <laughs> oh, you don't no. want. No, yes. Oh, my God. He had 20 yards he could have run, run and, and you could see it live. You didn't need Troy Aikman to tell you that he could have run. I thought he was going to run. It was third down. You needed a first down. When he threw that ball, I was like, that ball better be complete or I'm going over there. <laughs> right. He's going to have to deal with me. Okay? It's like the Dolphin punter not going back to the sideline. If he, That's right. You, Larry Seipel. Yeah, right, right. Don't, don't come back. If right. You, Correct. But it was third and eight. Most quarterbacks would just look for the easy eight, nine, ten yarder, not Russell. He, we've seen him do it all year. I love that about him. A guy on Twitter asked me during the game, is he worth $35 million a year? It's a little complicated, you know, especially during the game. I was, you know, but plays like that and drives like the, <clears throat> the two touchdown drives to me, he's worth it. You're relevant every year because of him. And that the other one that stands out is that it was a third and nine on the first TD drive. Third and nine, he gets flushed, of course. He's running for his life all day. Flushed to the right and finds Carlos Hyde, who takes it 18 yards. Oh, when, when he forced the defender came off of Hyde and then he just looped it over yeah. the guy's head and Hyde caught it and went for Yeah, yeah. That's $35 to- million a year. To- I mean. Totally <laughs> improvisational, totally Sandlot, yeah. totally... To- totally recess. That was totally That's recess. Right. Although there are people that think he also holds the ball too long, and we probably saw him on two or th- one or two or three of those sacks get sacked because he was scrambling around, looking to run, whatever. Could have gotten rid of the ball. Yeah. Could have found a receiver. So you take the good with the bad. And then he take the he, good with the bad. And then he runs it, runs it in for the on the next play. Like, oh yeah, for uh, taco time. It's yeah. like yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. That's Russell Wilson. Yeah. Like I, yes, he's worth the thirty five million. You're every, every year you're in it. Ten wins, eleven wins, maybe more. Well, you're in the playoffs, right? Yeah, you're. Yeah, you're in it. You're just in the conversation every year. And we've talked about it before. Look at Aaron Rodgers and the Packers every effing year. Drew Brees and the Saints every well, year. Well, I, I don't think – I mean, I, I think – It starts with the quarterback. You I can think. have – you can you know, if you have the conversation – I was just having a conversation with this, a text conversation with a buddy of mine about an NBA salary. Right. About Paul George's thir- uh, $45 million a year. It's been bugging you for like a year now, but – a year, just he just signed it like two. Oh, weeks okay. Ago. Well, you, well, you were talking about he might have been a little overrated. Yeah, but then he yeah. just signed a deal. Gotcha. Okay. You can look at these things in a vacuum, and you'll drive yourself crazy. Like thirty-five million dollars. Oh. You can't just. I mean, you have to. It's impossible to have a conversation about these things until you take in the surroundings. Well, what you know, you, what are quarterbacks making? Yeah. Who who's making what? How much is Matt Ryan making? How how much is Jared Goff making? Yeah. You got to take all before you can have the conversation. Is Russell Wilson worth it? You gotta you gotta take in the surroundings, and I think once you do, and you start paying attention to what these guys are making and what the and what their organizations are getting from them. That's right. You know, playoffs every single se- literally every single season from a guy who, by the way, never misses a game right. or a snap. Crazy, I know. Okay. It starts to look okay. Yeah, thirty-five million starts to look okay. You got to have it. The, yeah. the the quarterback. It's the it's the it's the position in professional sports: soccer, uh, basketball, baseball. It's the position you've got to have. Quarterback. You yeah. got to have a quarterback. You can't you can't have any kind of modicum of success without a quarterback. And how many are better than him? Who would you rather? I mean, it, no, there's a few. Okay, but if if you don't sign Russell. I mean, who 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 would you yeah. want besides Mahomes? Then you find yourself year to year looking for quarterbacks. I, it's and awful. How do we do that? Yeah. And how do we get in? Oh God, we had a good team this year, but we didn't have a quarterback. Right. You know, you start you know, look. You get no. the Cam Newtons of no. the world that no. completely let you down. No. And it's not my money. <laughs> what, pay do you, what do you care? Pay the effort. <laughs> pay him more. What do pay I care? Him. <laughs> pay him. Speaking of that, that catch with David Moore, we've talked. He does the one play. 
I've, I've, I don't golf, but I've heard that on your last hole, you'll have an amazing drive. Yep. Next thing you know, you're driving back next weekend to spend 150 bucks and waste five hours because yeah. that drive. Yeah, because you. for 17 <laughs> holes, yeah. you've, you've wet the bed yeah, yeah. and you're like, I'm never, I'm literally never playing the rest of the year. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to take the rest of the year off. And then you smoke one down the 18th, knock it up there, make a birdie like, who, anybody got a game tomorrow? That's I, right. I'm looking for a game tomorrow. Yeah, you're thinking about joining the tour. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. David Moore has that one play. Yeah, it was his only catch, right? One yeah. catch or 45 yards. Yeah. So They I, took him off of punts, thank God. It well, like to take him off of punts. I got DJ Reed. I mean, I'm a broken record with DJ Reed. Yeah, we like, we like that. His Reed. speed looks special. I mean, he looks special. Bo Jackson's speed is special. Okay, there was one Deion I Deion Sanders' speed is special. Uh, okay. Well, but I would Chris say. Chris Johnson's speed is special. Was Earl Thomas' speed special? No. Yes, he was. He, he covered special. Standing out, one of the, some one of the yeah, faster guys you've yeah, seen. Tyreek Hill, sideline. To sideline. Oh, yeah, oh, he's yeah, special, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. His speed. I don't want to say Russell. I don't want to say DJ uh, Reed. He looks fast to me. Maybe he can't cover. Maybe he can't hit. I don't know. Maybe he'll get cut. He looks. <laughs> he looks fast to me. So I, that's at least a good thing to. That's because to you're comparing with. him to to David Moore on punt returns. Who who runs <laughs> like this? Well, that he made a play on. A, a, Chasing the guy down on the sideline where he looked really fast to me. Or it was in the first quarter. Okay. Anyway, I'm yeah. a, I'm a fan. Anyway, yeah. Def- <laughs> Defense gave up zero touchdowns. Yeah. In two games. How Defense about that? is back. I was looking to see what This when is da- one of the great turnarounds that we've ever seen from a defense. Got I guess you got to give Ken Norton, who I was trying to fire, some credit. Well I'm sure that they're I'm sure Pete Carroll's having the last laugh about this. But yes, yeah. historic they've gone from historically bad to good enough to win. A Super Bowl, right? They're now defensively good enough to win a Super Bowl. I don't know if they're offensively no, they're good not. enough. <laughs> um, what happened to that offense? They did it in a, magi- a matter of six games. They turned it all around. Yeah, there's no question about it. Dan Quinn was fired October 11th. Oh, you think he's uh, he, you think he's underground? Maybe a little they're bit. They're working with him underground, sitting there with his remote, watching yeah. film. He's every getting a day. lot of money, getting a couple bucks from Pay the him. team, as you said. Not my money. Not my money. Pay the guy. Not a coincidence that this defense turned well, around. No, I think it's No, I don't know. I just think it's fun to talk about. All right, Jamal Adams dropping the interception. I love the guy. Yeah, I know he's got broken fingers. Okay, not 10 broken his fingers. He's got, yeah, was, <laughs> he's got as many broken fingers as Drew Brees has broken ribs. <laughs> right, I mean. 47 right. broken fingers. All right. Can we catch the ball, please? I mean, Jamal Adams, what a beast, though. Forget the drop interception. That play where he caught the guy for, I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take all yours. So. <laughs> it's okay. You can yeah. take him. You can Me, take him. I mean. DK Metcalf when he trucked that linebacker love for the it. first down. I yeah. mean, God, how do you not love this guy? I love him. That's I love him when he's not being a s- not getting set. Yeah. If well, he, if no, he, not that. Oh. You know, grabbing cameras. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's what the good come the bad, and I guess he's yeah. going to learn. But yeah. and then he dragged Jalen Ramsey for a first down, which I loved. Yeah. I mean, that about that. Well, I got that. In my yeah. Mind. Okay. The conversation at the end. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Tell me. Ra- well, Ramsey. Th- th- there was a there was a shot. There was a camera shot on Fox. Of a close-up of Ramsey right at the towards the end of the game. The game okay. was decided, and Ramsey and DK are like having a conversation. It was kind of a one-sided conversation. Ramsey is saying something to DK, and DK's listening to every word. They shook hands at oh, one okay. point, and I was dying to know what Ramsey was saying. <laughs> yeah, he was doing all the talking, and DK huh. Metcalf was doing all the listening. It's That's, on my list. It's though. good that he was listening. Yeah, yeah. he could have been. You know, yeah, you. I'm better I'm, than I'm you. I'm down to two. But what? Do you have Dixon? Four more punts inside the 20? I have him. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh, he's great. He's amazing. It's, yeah, he didn't make the Pro Bowl, though. Not good enough. Once you brought him up, I was like... 48 yards, uh, like net 48 yards a punt again on yeah, Sunday. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Jordan Brooks, 
on my list. I know. Okay, well, good. Uh, <laughs> nice to see a team struggle with getting the ball, with getting the snap off in time, like the Rams. They had to call a timeout. They Goff takes it down to the so one. So the Seahawks. It's on my list. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, but the Seahawks have been better about it. It was horrendous. They have. They have been. 2019. Okay. Awful. Okay. All right, I'm done. Go ahead. Nah, I don't have anything. Now you're down to one and a half. Way to go. <laughs> what do you got? Number one, I hate the Rams uniforms. Hate them. They didn't deserve to win the game. As soon as they came out in those cream, I do not like the color cream. Oh, okay. okay. Those creamy, you know, what do they call it? Monochromatic? Were they monochromatic? I think so, One yeah, color? Right, yeah. You like those creamy uniforms? They're disgusting. I'm indifferent. If you're going to wear white, wear white. Bright white. If you're not going to wear white, don't wear white. Don't give me cream. I hate cream. I hate cream on cars. I hate cream colors. Cream colors is just, it looks dirty. That's what it is. When they're perfectly uh, clean, cream colors look dirty. What about your coffee? You I don't drink coffee. Oh, okay. When was the last time you saw me drink Would coffee? Would you like cream in it? We've gone it? through this before. You never saw me drink coffee. By the way, coffee. that's number one on your list of all the things. In well, the it's not in any order. Okay, gotcha. Not in any order. It's Fine. all scrambled. Fine, all right. All right? Before you freak out about the offense, there's a lot of people freaking out. Oh, the Seahawks offense. They have no identity. People on Twitter. This team's gone down the toilet offensively. Maybe, maybe not. My number two thing on the list is just a warning to Seahawks fans who want to complain about the offense. Okay. Just a warning. You're, you're more, than, more than apt to complain. If you'd like to complain, you, you do what you want to do. But just remember one thing. This defense... The Rams' defense is the best defense in the NFL. We went through this yep. on the tail of the tape. How many times do I have to go through it on the tail of the tape? What were they in the, the eight categories? Were they outside the top five in more than one in the eight categories? Well, I think it was a 29 combined, so you can Yeah, you it was like one, three, yeah. two, two, one, three. They I, averaged like just okay. under a three. And whoever the second best defense is, Pittsburgh, not anymore. Dolphins, not anymore. Uh, the Saints have a good defense. Okay, this defense, Washington, yeah. this defense is 10 times better than whoever's second. So before you get all, all riled up about the Seahawks offense, they only scored 20 points and they're struggling. They were playing a great defense of football team. Yeah. Great. Yeah, they, actually, football the tail team. of the tape helped me during the game. Because I was kind of like, why can't they do Oh, yeah, this, this defense is pretty good, yeah, though. because you're a patron. Yes, Judge, you I am a patron. Pay the five freaking bucks. I sure do, yes. Pay the man his money. Uh, let's see here. Rams unis. Don't freak out about the offense. Jordan Brooks, love him more and more. But you just kind of said it. Um, making plays, not on the field as much as you might want him to be on the field because yeah. when they go to multiple wide receiver sets, whatever. But he's making plays. He had not one, but... Two plays on that fourth goal line. On the goal line, so he oh, had two yeah. plays. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm loving him. Yeah. That pick looks good. Yeah. What was Ramsey saying to DK? I did that. Illegal shift, we did that. Uh, the Alaska Airlines safety dance commercial, can we talk about that? I know people love it. Or hate it. I'm in the hate it. I, I, I like that song. When I first I, oh, saw it, it's annoying me. I thought... Is this a Saturday Night Live yeah. commercial? Is this true? Totally. Is this a legit commercial? Yeah. And then I didn't know whether like to admire them because it's it's totally it's to it was a chance they took it to whoever the advertising exec was that made the decision to do this. <laughs> this was pretty ballsy. Yeah, it could have been a big miss. You got you've got like pilots dancing and playing guitar and wearing masks. The safety, I mean. Yeah. It was almost lampooning the whole thing, wasn't it? I mean, oh yeah, in a I way, know it's yeah. been out a couple weeks. I've seen it a couple weeks. Yeah, I've yeah. had it on the list to talk about. Anyway, I just want to know: <laughs> Do you like the Alaska Airlines safety dance commercial, or do you not? The first time I saw it, I thought it was cute, 
but oftentimes when things are really good, they have a quicker burn factor. Yeah. You get sick of them quicker. Yeah. And I'm But I'm you over liked it. it originally. I liked it. I, I mean, I thought you it was well it. done. And I was happy that Men Without Hats got a check finally after <laughs> 40 years of waiting for waiting to make some money off that song. Uh, <laughs> They're the real winners in all this. <laughs> number seven, I'm at Pete's use of challenges and timeouts. Should we go through this on the on the day after a win or on the week after a win or not? Well, I, I happened. I typically God. don't. I, I don't read a lot of your tweets during the game because I like to hear what you have to say. Oh, but I, I, I did see one that said, I'm curious to see how aggressive Pete will be with the timeout calling. Yeah. But then I forgot to follow up to see. Go on. Just how about the challenge when there was no there was no way they were going to win the challenge of the fumble oh. down the gave away a timeout. Yeah. Then one time, as you say, they're better at this. They were going down the wire to zero late in the game, and they called a timeout. And he's seen smiling and laughing yeah. and carrying on after he had to waste the timeout. I don't know. Pete Pete's use of challenges <laughs> and timeouts. Again, can you hire somebody to help you with that? You're spending you're spending thirty five million on a quarterback. You can spend five dollars and fifty five cents on a guy to help you do the challenges and the timeouts. Call Dan Quinn. Have him come help you. Right? He's a football guy. I don't know. Yeah, it's annoying. It's the funny. Challenges and the timeouts. He's not his forte. And time management. We talked about clock management. Timeouts, challenges. I don't know. I just I, didn't he do better before the half? I'm trying to remember. I, I thought he he actually called one when they were on defense, which he rarely does. Yeah, he did. He, he did, did a little yeah, better. He did a little better. Yeah, because I was now I keep an eye on it because I know you know, I'm at the hear it when I come in here if he does poorly. Ryan Neal's roughing the punter. Ooh, yeah. It's hard to. I don't know. I've coached. It's hard to blame a guy for effort. It just is. You're going full speed. He sure did. And you're at just the Bothell tr- punter, the guy from Bothell. Right. Yeah. You're just trying to make a play, and it's just, you know, it's hard to just, yeah. That's yeah, a tough one. He owes Quandre Diggs quite a gift because Quandre- that's that's when Diggs came up with the interception to, right. to stop them from scoring. But So I, I would I would say to Ryan Neal, send him a pair of isotoner gloves or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> when Goff made that throw, that's when it hit me like, oh, yeah, maybe he's really not as good as everyone. Who the hell was he throwing that ball to, the one that D- Diggs? I'm still not sure. Threw- me. <laughs> I thought you were the one throwing it, for God's sake. And then I was going to mention the Jamal Adams around the horn. I'm not talking about his dropped intercept. Coming all the way, the effort play to drag the guy down, plus you injured him, the guy yeah. came, went out, and then they don't score. Very, you know, maybe not the same type of play, but a very similar play to DK Metcalf's effort play against Buda Baker, right? Yeah, that's right. He chases him down. Did the Cardinals score after he chased him down? They did not. Okay. Jamal Adams shows incredible effort to chase the guy down from behind. Did they score after he chased him down? They did not. They did not. Stopped him on fourth. How loud, how loud would that place have been if it was full of 12s when they stopped him on fourth down? Amazing. Was that that the south end zone? I'm trying to think. Uh, I never know which one's south and which one's north. I think it was the south end zone. I think it's on my left where I sit. On my left. To the left of the Seahawks, right? When the Seahawks are looking at the team. The south end zone is where they raise the flag. Oh, no. I thought it was the opposite. But maybe you're right. I anyway, I used to sit in the south end zone yeah. for 15 years. And yeah. that, that, it's the rowdiest place really? in the world. Really? Oh. And they, they would Giving yourself credit, tapping well, yourself on the back. I'm completely to blame for how rowdy <laughs> okay. it was there. But no, the place would have gone nuts. It was such an effort play. It was. Oh. Does he look like he's having fun playing football for a winner? Who are we talking about? Jamal Adams, by oh, the yeah. way. Oh. Just, oh, you're talking about that play. I'm talking about how, how loud it would have been after the fourth down play oh, on the, where they bust through the middle and they stop him on fourth down. You never see goal line stances. I mean, you rarely see them. So when it happens, it is. Hey, quarterback sneak with Jared Goff. Hey, what did he give off to make you think that that was the right call? What sort of, well, is he athletic? He didn't even well, get that was l- the second down. That was the that was on third down, third I think. Down. He didn't even get low yeah. like... Tom Brady at least kind of submarines it. Yeah. 
Can we get rid of the quarterback sneak call? It's just, it's awful. No, it's not. It, there's a lot of guys that's, no, there's a with, lot of guys. Okay, with guys with his athletic ability, okay, just maybe not. quit. It's just He should just stick it over real quick and then bring it back. Just break the plane yeah. and come back. Oh, gosh, I was so happy they called and that. And he it. fumbled on top of it. They almost got the ball. So funny. Anyway, that's all I got. Tacos on Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. I learned the hard way you can't get a fish taco. Oh, you tried? It's not in the deal. Everybody's been trying to tell me that the fish taco is the best taco. So when I went last, I go every Tuesday to taco time. When I went through the, I actually went through the drive-thru. I didn't do it online this time. I didn't order ahead. I should have ordered ahead. I know you're supposed to order ahead. Download the app. I went through the drive-thru. I said, I'm I'm having this. I'm back for the Seahawks special. I think it was Carlos Hyde's 50-yard touchdown run against Washington. And I say, and the guy has no idea what I'm talking about. Huh? Because of Carlos Hyde's 50-yard <laughs> touchdown run, I'd like to have the uh, the fish taco, the buy one, get one free. Only chicken or beef or bean. <laughs> You're the 15th guy to ask him that that day. <laughs> oh, man. Because I wanted to try. Everybody's been telling me, try the fish. They have yeah. a great fish taco. So awesome. what I, I always get. Oh, you know that too? Well, I, I get the, the, the big soft taco well, with the fish in it. And that's the, what I did. The cabbage See, and the sauce. So my, oh. so my go-to order, because I don't, I don't do the Mexi fries. My go-to order is the are the... Are the two ta- if they have one rushing touchdown, I get the taco, the buy one, get one free. Yep. But that's not enough. Sure. So then I get a uh, a full-size soft taco. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I got that one oh. in fish. See? And? I didn't. So, no, I want to say that again. This is brilliant strategically. All right, go on. <laughs> I did the chicken on the buy one, get one free because I didn't qualify on the fish. Right. But then I turned around and got the fish. This is like Mitch underscore the underscore Seattle. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Delicious. Isn't it good? And I'll be getting it again this Tuesday. I may actually get it after I leave here. Well, I, you're not getting the buy one, get one free one after you leave here. Well, you got to wait on Tuesday. I know, but I... Taco Tuesday, as I LeBron James would say. Patronize them all year long, whether okay. I get free stuff or not. I love them. All Taco Time Northwest locations. Buy one, get one free. Chicken, beef, or bean. There you go. And then get something <laughs> additional like a Diet Coke and get yourself something fishy. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. You're, I got three guys. Yeah, you were talking you about the offense, people freaking out about the offense. I yeah. heard on the way over to your house, I heard Jen Mueller say that this team is 20 points away from setting the, the Seahawks franchise record for most points in a season. It's because they had a great first six or seven but weeks. Isn't that incredible? When we did the note table with Brady Henderson and Joe Fan, you know, the Seahawks note table, you probably never listened to it because oh, you sure. wouldn't listen to, to a, a podcast you're not on. <laughs> even though <laughs> I If did. I didn't make it or if I'm not on it, I'm out. <laughs> so we do the Seahawks note table, which is like 45 minutes to an hour of just nothing but Seahawks with the guys that cover the team. And then we have a guest, yep. somebody from Los Angeles, the Rams. And we do it every week for the patrons. <clears throat> we ask the question, one of the top that we debated was do you trust the defense or the offense more at this stage ah. of the season heading into the Rams game and apparently there's it's become a, <clears throat> the fact that this has become a debate after what we saw the first six weeks of an offense that was breaking records and a defense that was the worst defense in the history of the NFL the fact that we're now asking which one do you I don't know whether that's the most complimentary thing to Ken Norton right or the most dismal thing for Russell Wilson and and Schottenheim, Brian Schotty Schottenheimer, but people are actually asking that question and thinking that. And then after Sunday's game against the Rams, what's going to be the? I think more and more Seahawks fans are now trusting the defense oh, yeah. more than the offense. No, for sure, it's crazy. How did that switch? I don't have no where idea. Where was I? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where was I was. Counting either. John Capaletti touchdowns. <laughs> I think you were. What was I doing? Yeah, but the good news is, is, is there a chance in the playoffs that both of them show up at the same time? We've been waiting for that. Wouldn't that be nice? You imagine.
44 to nothing nice. against a good oh, team. Or... I'm going to sing Beach Boys. Oh, it's going to be great. Oh. Wait, which one? Wouldn't it be Oh, nice? gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I'm, I'm sorry I'm that you. you had to ask. You didn't catch that one. I, I didn't know. I'll write the jokes down in advance and, and <laughs> slide you. them across the table. You're supposed to submit all your bits and jokes to me. All right, so I did all my stuff. You got other stuff? More Seahawks stuff? No, no, no. Other stuff for the other stuff. Side. Oh, well, yeah. like you said, there's, I have four RIPs. I have to probably just do RIPs. Yeah, I'm sad about one. One really is hard for me to get beyond. Anyway, three guests. Henderson, New Heisel, Brady Henderson, ESPN.com, Seahawks insider. Uh, New Heisel, uh, he's going to make his picks. Oh, great. Makes his, make his picks on the national championship on the semifinal game. He, he wanted to last uh, episode. I wouldn't let him. You let him off. You uh, wouldn't let him. Nah, yeah, yeah. Nah. All right. Are you trying to prove to me that you listened? Is that was that was exactly that what that was? <laughs> but you, but you, <laughs> it's the only thing I heard. I could listen for ten seconds and I turned it off. Yeah, you were on that podcast. You wouldn't listen to the note true. table because you're not on. It. Very true. And then I want you to listen to the director of infectious disease from UW Medicine on what the last two weeks have been like since he received the shipment of vaccinations and he's been administering Great. it. You don't even feel the needle. It's fabulous. Love it. I'll take six. I'll yeah. take eight. <laughs> take them anywhere. <laughs> and then other stuff. Say. Jordan Flowers of the Kirkland office at Guild Mortgage is back with us, not to talk refinances and interest rates this time, but instead three charities that are on his team's mind this holiday season. How are you, Jordan? Hey, Mitch. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me back on. Happy holidays to you and everyone. Yeah, Guild is a huge proponent of just serving the communities we work and live in. We serve kind of with our time and hours throughout the year. During this holiday season, we're focused on Youth Eastside Services, or YES, Children's Hospital, and an organization called Girls on the Run. Let's break them down. Youth Eastside Services is what, Jordan? Yeah, it's an organization that focuses on helping children, teams, and families that are struggling with depression, grief, trauma, substance abuse, eating disorders, and a bunch of other issues. And it's just um, helping them find counseling and support to help these children get through these times. YouthEastSideServices.org for more information. How about Girls on the Run? Girls on the Run, I was introduced to recently, but it's a great organization that helps uh, young girls and women find confidence and self-esteem through athletics. And they go out and recruit coaches to build these programs at local grade schools and middle schools. Girlsontherun.org. And of course, all of us know about uh, Seattle Children's, but how about the Uncompensated Fund for Children's Hospital, Jordan? Yeah, Children's, everybody knows, phenomenal hospital and institute for people here locally. But the Uncompensated Fund really focuses on families that receive the hard news of very expensive surgeries and then possibly not being able to afford those surgeries and what might come of that from foreclosing on a home or going bankrupt really because they just don't have the coverage for it. So the uncompensated fund goes towards helping those families cover the cost of those surgeries. Terrific work, Jordan. They're driven to give back. That's the Kirkland office of Guild Mortgage. Unfiltered. Now they fake it to Henderson and Goff out to his right is going to float it in second picked up by Quandre Diggs first down and goal Wilson keeps looking for Disley Wilson will take it for the touchdown and they convert Wilson end zone Hollister touchdown this is a great Seahawks day I'm really proud of, of what 
we've accomplished just by getting to this division championship right now. But this defense is good, and they've shown it, and they've, they've declared it, and uh, this is the kind of defense that we played in years past when we really had good teams down the end of this stretch. And uh, to show like that again week after week after week and to show it again in the most difficult challenge that we had um, and not give up a touchdown all day long, that's, that's big time. It's a tradition unlike any other except for the Masters. Grady Henderson, ESPN Seahawks insider, brought to you by Taco Time and the Taco Time Northwest app. I'll see you on Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen, for my buy one, get one free crisp taco thanks to Russell Wilson's touchdown scamper. The Seahawks are NFC West division champions and at worst, the three seed. Here's Brady Henderson. Brady, I, I think all in all, defense was great. Offense was good enough against a terrific defense. You got to be happy if you're a Seahawks fan with the, the conclusion on Sunday. Yeah, no doubt. And this game really was sort of shaping up like some of their recent games where the defense comes out it's playing really well. And the offense in kind of this weird role reversal from you know the first half of the season is kind of nowhere to be found. The Seahawks, you love what that defense did in holding the Rams to only three field goals. And they really just needed their offense to to do enough. It didn't have to be that offense from the first half of the season. They just needed that offense to put the game away. You know, after the defense held the Rams to their third field goal, and Seahawks were up, I think, 13 to nine midway through the fourth quarter. They just needed their offense to, to close the door with a long touchdown drive, uh, and they got it, and they're NFC West champion. So let's jump into both sides of the ball. Number one, can we put away cynics like Mitch Levy, who keeps saying the defense is turning around because they're playing terrible offenses can we put that that theory aside or is that theory still somewhat valid in their turnaround because ultimately they're going to have to probably get through a Green Bay Packers offense with Aaron Rodgers or a Saints offense with a a healthier Drew Brees to be able to get to the Super Bowl yeah I think you can put it mostly aside and I if if this was just if this was just a four-game turnaround where they played Carson Wentz where they played Colt McCoy Sam Darnold and then Dwayne Haskins, I would say that the question would still persist and you would be validated in in still having your doubts about whether or not they had truly turned to the corner. I think it's a lot easier to believe that they have considering at the beginning of that stretch, remember, that was Kyler Murray. Remember that the whole defensive turnaround started in week 11 when they held Kyler Murray to, I believe, 21 points in that Thursday night win over the Cardinals. And then on the back end of that, now they've done that against the Rams. And look, Jared Goff is... Nobody is going to confuse him for playing at an MVP level or even a Pro Bowl level. He missed a wide open throw on, I think, the Rams opening drive. And then yes. he made one of the more inexplicable throws that I've, I've yeah. ever seen a quarterback make. And then I'm not trying to be hyperbolic there. That's That was legitimately the truth. That interception, I, I really don't know what he was seeing there. And I think he even said that was one of the worst throws of his career or something to that effect. At any rate, he's still a better quarterback than the ones they faced. And this is an offense that has given the Seahawks defense and a lot of defenses trouble over the years. And so I think it's, it's much more believable that their defense has, in fact, turned the corner and shown that it's for real. Uh, that said, eventually in the playoffs, it's going to get harder. Now, you know, maybe that first-round matchup is against the Rams and they face Goff again, or maybe it's a backup quarterback, not knowing uh, what's going to happen with Goff's yeah. and thumb. But uh, at any rate, I, I, think it's, I think it's believable what this defense has done over the last month and a half. Well, at the time of this recording, we don't know the extent of the injury to his thumb. Some are saying dislocation. Some are saying break. We'll find out. It's very possible that Jared Goff's season is over. 
And isn't that an interesting twist and turn? Here we have been, at least on, on our podcast, trying to figure out ways that the Seahawks could avoid the Rams in the first round. Maybe after what we saw on Sunday, combined with the golf injury and a little-known quarterback out of Wake Forest, maybe we ought to change our minds entirely and root for the Seahawks to play the Rams in the first round. How does what you saw on Sunday change or not change whom you think the Seahawks' most difficult first-round opponent is, Brady? Yeah, I'm with you. And before this game, I would have thought there's there's a very good case to be made that the Seahawks would be better off as the five seed than the three seed because the five seed would mean playing whoever wins the NFC East, which is most likely going to be Washington, which you just beat on the road there, um, as opposed to having to play maybe the Rams, maybe the Buccaneers uh, as the as the three seed. You'd get the home game as the three seed, but as we all know, you know, what what does home field advantage mean in a season where you don't have fans at Lumen Field? And so I think that was a very, a very strong case to be made for that before this game. And now I'm with you. I, I think they'd be better off playing the Rams, especially if they have their backup quarterback in there. I can almost guarantee you, the listeners out there, that they have not heard of the Rams backup quarterback, maybe at least not before today. It's a guy named John Wolford, a former undrafted guy from Wake Forest. And so a little surprising that the Rams don't have a more established guy as their backup to Jared Goff, but that is the case. And yep. uh, depending on what happens with Goff, the Seahawks could end up seeing that guy in the playoffs. Well, as Mr. Playoffs will tell you, if Jared Goff can't go in the final week of the regular season, all of a sudden the Cardinals are probably a favorite in that game. And now the Rams with a loss are looking at either the seven or being out of the playoffs altogether if the Bears should beat the Packers earlier in the day. So it could be that for the Seahawks to see the Rams in the first round, the Seahawks would get have to get up to that second seed to face them as a seven a lot still to be determined in the final week of the NFL. Let's get over to the offense. We're going to come flip-flop. We'll go back and forth. We'll play a little tennis match with you. The offense scored 20. It was enough to win. They put the game away. They put drives together at the end when they needed it most. It wasn't a beautiful performance. The offense has been struggling. I say it was an offense playing the very best defense in the NFL. I don't think there's another defense that's close to the Rams. What do you say to all the Seahawks fans who this this win wasn't good enough for on Sunday? They want to see better offense from Russell Wilson. They want to see offense reminiscent to the first six weeks of the season, Brady. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure anybody would. Yeah, but it's just that the Seahawks have not played. They just don't play those games, save for that Jets game a couple weeks ago where – they have everything in the bag. It's it's either been their offense has been on fire like it was early in the season, or the defense has really kind of had to carry them, and the offense has just kind of been scraping out enough, as has been the case uh, for the most part of late. And so, yeah, I mean, I think last week you could point to some of that as uh, really the last yeah the last week against Washington. You could point to some of their offensive struggles as maybe a, a function of kind of a buttoned up game plan that you know they were really trying to get the ball out quickly, weren't taking as many deep shots, uh, and the result was they didn't find a ton of big plays in the passing game, but they did keep Russell Wilson clean. You know they went away from that strategy in this game, and they were back to their you know usual offense that you typically see where they're trying to set up those big pla- you know those big plays in the passing game. They just weren't connecting on any of those in the first half. And those long 
longer developing plays were resulting in sacks for Russell Wilson. He was sacked, I think, three times in the first half, and they did not have a passing play of over, I think, 17 yards in the first half. And then you saw them kind of come to life there on that opening drive of the third quarter. Wilson found David Moore for that 45-yard uh, gain yeah. down the right sideline to, to set up their first touchdown. And so it's kind of the offense has really kind of gone back and forth, really kind of shown you a few different things. I mean, I don't know. It's it's funny that we're talking about, you know, the, we're sort of having questions about the offense and we're talking about how good the defense has been and it's, it was the total role reversal from earlier in well, the season. to me, the better question, and maybe this is a question for the Seahawks note table with you and Joe Fan and myself on Thursday or Friday of this week, but the, the better question is overall, are the Seahawks a more dangerous team this way or the first way? Are they more dangerous with an offense that's explosive and scoring more than any other offense in the NFL and more explosive than any other offense in the NFL and a defense that's struggling? Or are they better with an offense that's kind of shaky and doing enough to win and a defense that's improving? Which combination makes them a bigger threat to go to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think like you said, that that might be a better question for the Seahawks note table this, later this week just because I think I need some time to think about it. it. It's a good question. And, you know, I might say how it was earlier in the season with the Seahawks, you know, really humming on offense and their defense kind of coming along. And I just wonder about, you know, if they have to go to Green Bay in the elements like this, maybe in the second round of the playoffs, maybe in the NFC championship game, whatever that ends up being. I don't know how much you're really going to stop Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, even with this resurgent defense. So that may be a game where you really need to win in, in a shootout style. But I don't know. I, I, I mean, that same sort of logic could work the other way because maybe the elements are such that um, it really keeps the offenses down and it really becomes more of a defensive game. So that's a good one. I'd be interested to see what Joe says and, and what, how you feel about that because I, I, don't, I don't have a good answer for you, Mitch. Did Jamal Adams light a victory? Did he pull a red R back and light a victory? cigar in the press conference he did he did he he was available to uh to us media people in, in the post-game zoom conference and he walks up to the podium he sets a victory cigar down on the podium and i figured he just wanted to show it off and maybe somebody was going to ask him about it and he was going to say yeah i'm looking forward to lighting this baby up later and then as soon as the last question was asked he picks it up pulls out a lighter and likes lights it up and starts <laughs> taking a puff out of it and then he said he then he said and this is important. He said, got to keep it playa at all times. <laughs> and, and, Which are, is my motto as well, coincidentally. <laughs> did uh, Mr. Joe approve of the victory cigar? He did. I believe. I, well, I don't know. We'll have to ask him. But he, he, got, he got a question uh, off to Adams earlier in that video conference, yeah. and it uh, went off without and, issue. And you so. guys were not passed over at any point this time around? All well? All is well. Yeah, all is well. <laughs> got, all my, got all my questions in that I wanted to. <laughs> okay, good. Very, very good. Before we finish up with Brady Henderson, ESPN, ESPN.com, Seahawks Insider, brought to you by Taco Time and the Taco Time Northwest app. Uh, what's the story with Damon Snacks Harrison? Yeah, Pete Carroll afterwards did not confirm necessarily the NFL Network report that the Seahawks are going to grant Harrison his release. Uh, but he did say that Harrison was unhappy about being inactive this game, and he said that uh, they're going to discuss it on Monday. And so the report from NFL Network was that when Harrison found out that he was going to be a healthy scratch for the Rams game, he asked for his release, and the report was that the Seahawks had planned on granting him that release uh, this coming week. And so 
We'll see about that. I mean, I, I, I don't doubt the reporting there. I just wonder if maybe there is some time to convince Harrison that, hey, the grass might not be greener on the other side. I mean, he's playing for a team that just won the NFC West championship that is going to play a home game in the playoffs that has a defense that has a chance to, to take this team on a deep run in the playoffs and is is a better is another situation uh, going to be a better situation for him? Is he going to go to another team that's in the playoff hunt uh, where he's necessarily going to have a bigger role on defense than this one? That that would be. I wonder if that's going to be part of the Seahawks, you know, conversation to him as they try to talk him off the proverbial ledge. We'll see. I mean, it's not surprising that the Seahawks would make him inactive for this game, just because if you remember. You know, when Harrison signed with the Seahawks on October 7th, remember, he first had to work his way back into football shape because uh, he had not played since last season and was not even certain that he was going to play this season until he became you know, convinced that all the safety protocols with COVID and whatnot were uh, to his liking. So he decides to play, needs to work himself back into shape, which he did. And then he was still on the practice squad for a couple weeks. And the word from the Seahawks at the time was that they just needed an opening in their defensive tackle rotation. Well, they finally got one when Brian Monet hurt his ankle. And so Monet just came back off IR on Saturday. So that explains the timing of all that is that Monet was really the guy who was keeping him from playing in the first place. And now that Monet is back, potentially going to keep him from playing again. And so we'll, we'll see how that conversation goes. Uh, I, I would not be surprised if they try hard to talk him out of that. Though. If the Bears lose to the Packers on Sunday and the Saints beat the Falcons, the Seahawks will be in the three hole no matter what. The game at 125 will not mean anything to anybody. And that puts Pete Carroll in a, an interesting spot. We've talked about this in years past. He would be able to rest people if he wanted to. Do you see Pete Carroll going in that direction, Brady? Yes, but he would not sell it as, hey, we've got this thing locked up. This game doesn't matter, uh, so we're going to rest guys. I, I, he would not do that. I think he would still have uh, – he would keep players guessing, and maybe he would have them start and just pull them early. And the benefit there would be, you know, it's not a week off to where they potentially have rust, any sort of rust in the playoffs. They still get a little bit of work in, but you minimize – you know, the injury risk of having them out there in a game that ultimately doesn't mean anything. Yeah, you know, I think Brandon Shell would be another guy that, um, you know, he didn't play in this game. He was active, but only available for emergency duty. They had Cedric O'Boye start again, and he would be a, he would be the obvious player there that maybe they would give him another week of rest, knowing that O'Boye has done a, a nice job as a fill-in for the last couple of weeks, and that, uh, again, if the game doesn't mean anything, then there's really no, no sense in putting him out there and risking further injury on that ankle. The Seahawks are NFC West champions. They'll be the three, the two, or the one. He's Brady Henderson, ESPN.com. Seahawks Insider does a fabulous job all over ESPN.com and follow him on Twitter. He's with us each and every week, courtesy of Taco Time, and he's also back with us on the Seahawks No Table, a fun time with Joe Fan and myself. Have a great week. Happy and healthy New Year, and thanks for being back with us. I'm Mitch Unfiltered, Brady. All right, sounds good. Same to you, Mitch, and I'll talk to you later this week. Evergreen CEO Tyler Hay is back with us on Mitch Unfiltered. When you think of a financial advisory firm, Tyler, stocks and bonds advice and investments immediately come to everybody's mind. But Evergreen does for clients, it goes way beyond that, right? Talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, I think when people think about wealth management or a financial advisor, they think about stocks and bonds and those types of things. But really, 
that's kind of in the ninth inning. You know, people have a lot of life events that lead up to the point where they have wealth that needs to be managed. So whether they're going through a divorce, whether they're selling a business, whether they're considering selling a business, whether they're inheriting money, there's a whole bunch of life events that go on prior to actually managing the money. And we help people navigate those challenges far before they're actually the money's in their hands. Tax accounting and prep is now a layer also of Evergreen Golf Call, correct? Correct, Mitch. On July 1st, we closed on Sterling Cooter, so we now have a tax advisory component to our firm, so clients don't have to play quarterback in between their financial advisor and their CPA and making sure all the documents go back and forth. We just handle it for them. So for Mitch Unfiltered listeners to find out more about Evergreen Golf Call, they've heard about you for years now on our on our podcast. Start with the website. Start with the newsletter. Yeah, they can go to the website and read the newsletter. That gives them a little bit of uh, insight into how we think. And then there's also a, a client uh, compatibility survey that, that kind of helps us identify who might be a good fit for us. Evergreen Golf Call and Tyler Hay and the whole crew with offices along the West Coast. It's terrific to have them be a partner of Mitch Unfiltered. More than just a financial advisor, Evergreen is everything wealth. The most deserving teams? No, it was not. When you play only six games, which was the uh, lot for Ohio State, no fault of their own, it's hard to say that you're more deserving than teams that have played double-digit amount of games. We know there's wear and tear, as do the Buckeyes. As the season went on, I mean, they played their their championship game with 22 Buckeyes not, not available. And it's time for another visit with Santa Rick. Santa Rick Neuheisel brought to you by Taco Time. And the Taco Time Northwest app on this episode 123, order ahead, and boom, your order is waiting for you just inside the front door at all Taco Time Northwest locations. He's back safely in the desert with one S. He will be serving dessert later with two S's in the show. How was your Christmas, Rick Neuheisel? Were you surrounded by, I think, of Fred McMurray, my three sons, like my father, he had three sons. How, were you surrounded by your three sons? Absolutely. And Uncle Charlie. Uncle Charlie, absolutely. We had a great time, Mitch. I hope uh, all of our listeners uh, enjoyed their holiday season, uh, but uh, ours was great. I, I was thrilled to be back in uh, balmy weather. Uh, having been in the east uh, where it was uh, a little bit colder to get back here in 65 and little sunshine swing the golf club that was fun might i ask you know you had two sons that went the the football route and then the little one as i recall went the golfing route can i get an, can i get an update on the golfer the real golfer i mean you like to pretend that you're the golfer the new maybe you don't even pretend anymore that you're the golfer in the new Heisel fan <laughs> you're the caddy you're the caddy in the new I'm Heisel the looper fan. <laughs> that's exactly right well as a matter of fact interesting you should mention that because on christmas eve at phoenix country club they have the father son annual oh. little uh, tournament and joe and i were defending champs and uh, we took down a very, very strong field Woo! and uh, are now are two-time uh, defending champs. So Woo! that was fun. Joe's, Joe's uh, you know, he's caught up like all these student athletes are caught up in, in eligibility with respect to COVID, right? He was a spring athlete that was supposed to compete for in his senior year last spring. But because COVID knocked the entire spring schedule out, 
he's going to go back and play his senior year this year. Oh. Fingers crossed that the season will get played. So that's what he's been doing. He's, he's a graduate uh, from Bo- Boise state, but he's got this one year of eligibility. So he's trying to stay sharp and take one more run at uh, some, you know, collegiate tournaments before he gets back to the real life. But Joe's doing great in golf. Thanks for asking. Does he have aspirations to do the professional thing or is he? Oh, Uh I think they always do. Right. (laughs) I mean, everybody wants that. And especially after seeing Tiger and Charlie. Right. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, everybody, you know, wants that, that, that rush. So, and the good thing is uh, we're going to let him try and, and goodness knows uh, there's plenty of time to work. So we'll, uh, (laughs) Uh, we'll we'll keep our uh we'll keep our fingers crossed and see where it goes who did the heavy lifting in the father son did the father or the son do the heavy lifting well let's just say this it could have been (laughs) called the son (laughs) (laughs) well you were you were stuck in new york in the cold you could i I know this (laughs) i know this he had to use six of my scores Uh and uh in those six i i contributed nicely okay but uh, he didn't need me much more than that (laughs) on the last episode of mitch unfiltered Rick Neuheisel said to us, and I paraphrase here, I don't have the quote, look out, Mitch, look out for the Liberty Coastal Carolina Bowl game. Did you not warn us that this I was going to be I a good game? I said it was going to be a great one, and yeah. it turned out to be just that. A crazy ending. We had Liberty, I think it was, trying to not score, kind of like John Gruden tried to not score in the Raiders-Dolphins game on Saturday night. And the guy ends up fumbling the ball. Now, they win anyway. Beyond the game, are we starting to second-guess these these teams that want to take time off the clock rather than score the touchdown? How do we – are we start, are we starting to view that differently, that end-of-game strategy, Rick? I am going to tell you we are not looking at the strategy differently. We're looking at the play employed differently. Oh. Do not hand it off. Just let your quarterback keep the ball and take a knee. Yeah. There is no need to complicate for a running back what he should or shouldn't be doing. And this push me, pull you act that we're getting right now (laughs) actually almost cost Liberty the game. The guy was trying to keep from getting in the end zone. He fumbles the ball, giving the back ball back to Mm -hmm. Coastal, forcing an overtime, which fortunately for the Flames, they would win. But but you can't do that. just, Just let the quarterback keep it. And you know what you're doing. You're getting rid of 40 seconds or you're getting rid of timeouts. You're trusting your extra point style field goal kicker to knock it through. It should have come down to that. But it doesn't seem too complicated until you start handing it off. So the strategy is sound. The play calling isn't. Exactly. Exactly. Because running backs aren't built that way. And you can't ask them to be built that way. Okay. By the way, you mentioned your son at Boise State. We haven't circled back. When I asked you who the Auburn coach the next Auburn coach was going to be. I don't think you mentioned the head coach of Boise State going I to did Auburn. not. You mentioned a lot of guys. You didn't mention him. Was that just, Brian Harson is his name. I, I assume he was a, once a Chris Peterson disciple. Uh, he was. He uh, played at Boise. Okay. Yeah. Did, did this surprise you that that's the route Auburn took? Did they try to get somebody else and he was a second or third or fourth choice? Or was he the, the choice all along? If we go back to the beginning, the the beginning was this is kind of an end run by some well-heeled alums there at Auburn. And they decided they didn't like us. It was a very, very well-heeled alum that had pushed through the long seven-year, $49 million deal for Gus. 
when they won the SEC West in 2017, only to lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game. They got Gus a big deal. Arkansas was out, you know, kind of looking for a new coach. So they thought Arkansas was going to try to steal Gus. Gus is from Springdale, Arkansas, just outside of uh, Fayetteville there. Mm -hmm. So they thought they were going to get him back. So this guy gave him a monster deal. These other alums who pool their money didn't like it. So they saw an opportunity. So Gus was out. Although Gus is going to have a very nice holiday sure with is. a check of $10.9 million coming his way within the next five to six days. So it's going to work out for Gus. Uh, and then another 10.9 coming after that. But, uh, but so I was thinking SEC, right? I thought Hugh Freeze. Apparently, there's just some people that uh, didn't think that was a good idea. They talked to Steve Sarkeesian. Some people decided against that. Then it looked like uh, Kevin Steele, their defensive coordinator, was going to get the job. But the social media, Mitch, went crazy. You would pay somebody $21 million to leave so you could hire his defensive coordinator. Mm. It just looked nuts. Mm. So they went around the country again in a swoop. And Brian Harson was once the head coach at Arkansas State. Well, remember, that's where Gus came from to be the head coach at Auburn. And they went and played for the national championship after his stint there. So they said, why don't we talk to this Harson guy? Harson had grown uh, a little weary of his time at uh, Boise, so uh, it made a marriage, and we'll see how it works. In other coaching news, I'm reading that Urban Meyer is back in the rumor mill Apparently, he's in the college rumor mill. He's in the NFL rumor mill. And I want to ask you, I know you and I have talked about him before. I don't remember your opinion. What makes Urban Meyer such a good football coach? And if I'm right in saying he is unpopular in many's eyes, what makes him, what's his, what's his personality that rubs certain people the wrong way? I think what, what uh, unfortunately, he had a couple things happen along the way, which is, you know, invariable when you're in charge of 120 guys, right? He had the Aaron Hernandez thing happen at uh, Florida where it looked as if there was some lawlessness going on in Gainesville. Aaron Hernandez was allowed to stay on the team and keep playing despite a checkered pass. And then Aaron Hernandez's life as it unfolded there with New England and led to the murder charge and subsequent uh, suicide in prison. I mean, all of that reflected poorly on his time at Florida, whether it was Urban's fault or not, you be the judge. Then he goes to Ohio State. And in the last year at Ohio State, he had an assistant coach who was the son-in-law of one of his former head coaches that was on, on, the, on the team, uh, Zach Smith, get in trouble with some uh, allegations of domestic uh, violence. Right. And because of it, it got to the news. And when a reporter confronted Urban during the Big Ten media day, he denied it. And therein lied his biggest transgression. Having fallen for that trap myself, mm -hmm. I know that that's not the way to go. And it cost him. And he ended up being suspended for three games. That was Ryan Day's apprenticeship, if you will, the new head coach for Ohio State. But there's no question that Urban Meyer is a fantastic football coach. There's no question that he uh, is great with details. He's great with uh, uh, talent evaluation. And he was a fabulous recruiter. If, in fact, it's, it's the collegiate level that he ends up coming back to, you're going to see him do that again. My gut feeling is his dream school, because I know Texas took a run at him. Mm 
his dream school is Notre Dame. And should Brian Kelly go to the NFL, then I think uh, Notre Dame would be looking at Urban Meyer. I thought his dream uh, school was Ohio State. <laughs> well, it, well, it was. And, but, he, but he got done what he wanted to get done. And, and I think also he was soured by the way it was handled at Ohio State, even though he, you know, he was partly to blame. I think he was disappointed that uh, that all went down and he's had some health issues, whether it be at Florida or Ohio state stress and those kind of burns out. Doesn't he very quickly? That's, that's, that's what do we keep hearing? And I know he's enjoying, because I've talked to him on the subject, his role at Fox. So I think it would have to be a really pretty cool deal for him to go back to coaching. If it were the NFL, I think he'd have to have some measure of control. And those those fellows, those front offices at the NFL level are, are very wary to give that kind of control. Does his act transfer to the NFL? Would he be a good NFL coach? I think he would. I actually okay. do think he would. I think it would translate. I think uh, he's at an age right now and has had enough success that uh, I think it would work. I really do. I think you and I will visit one more time before we get to the Heisman, but I saw where Jones Smith, your favorite, uh, Lawrence and Trask are your finalists. No surprises who the finalists are. I, I was a little surprised to see that the odds makers favorite going into the January 5th announcement is Smith. Yeah. A wide receiver from Alabama, all-world wide receiver, going to be a great NFL player. He's a great college player. But I th- I thought that you and I had decided that it was Mac Jones or Trask and it was going to be decided in the SEC championship game. And uh, lo and behold, neither one of them are going to get the award. Well, Jones has been magnificent. 33 touchdown passes, four uh, interceptions. But when you watch the SEC championship game and you saw – uh, Najee Harris have the kind of performance that he did, you know, monster running numbers. He scores five touchdowns, uh, two on the ground, three in pass receiving, uh, Devonte Smith has 15 catches for 150 plus, uh, and a couple of touchdowns. You just see that you just see all the talent. And so it's hard to say, well, that Mac Jones is the straw that stirs the drink because you're looking at everything else that's going on. And Devonte Smith's season has been so flamboyant. Uh, and the catch is so, you, you know, just just dazzling. I, I think it's Devontae Smith's award, and I, and I heartily concur. Would he be a better pro than, than Trevor Lawrence? Uh, Devontae Smith? Yeah. No, Tre- Trevor Lawrence is the transcendent pro. Okay. okay. Tre- Trevor Lawrence is going to be in Jacksonville as soon as they can get him there. Right. Uh, the Jets still trying to figure out what the heck they've done. <laughs> but but uh, Trevor Lawrence is is on his way to Jacksonville. And it, it wouldn't shock me. It was an upset choice to take Trevor Lawrence in the Heisman because of all the Bama uh, accomplishment, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So maybe some voters are saying, maybe it's just that offensive line. Everybody can you know, have well, the bite at the apple. The, the age-old theory that maybe the two Alabama guys split a lot of votes. Yeah. And then somebody else comes in and sneaks in with the award on a voting situation. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and Trevor yeah. Lawrence is a wonderful, wonderful representative for the college game. Remember, hashtag we want to play. He stood up for some social justice issues. Uh, the Calhoun uh, Honors College there on the campus of Clemson is going to get a new name because Trevor Lawrence and other teammates stood up and, and argued that it should. Uh, this is uh, this this kid's had a great career, an unbelievable career. Only one loss as a starter during his time at Clemson. Okay, here are the ground rules for the dessert, the Rick Neuheisel dessert. 
you have to at least lean, you know, or lean. You have to lean one way or the other on the two semifinal games, but, but you are not confined because there are a lot of other games coming up in the next week to come uh, right through January 1st. A lot of bowl games, which are very interesting and, and interesting in an odds maker's perspective. So you, we are not putting the shackles on you to say, hey, your dessert has got to come from the semifinal. So you do whatever you want, just as long as you give us a lean on the two semifinal games on July, on January 1st. Okay, we we all love to dance with Eileen because she's such a happy gal. <laughs> so I'm going to Eileen with <laughs> Alabama, and I'm going to make Alabama, even though they're now a 20-point favorite, maybe 19 and a half. Where, where do you have it, Mitch? I got it 19 and a half. 19 and a half. I'm going to have Alabama as the whipped cream. Oh, okay. We know we don't whipped cream. We don't normally do whipped cream. We do cherries, nuts, and ice cream, but okay. Whipped cream is Alabama. The the nuts wouldn't sit nicely if we didn't have whipped cream. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yes. So we're going to, we're going to get some whipped cream here. That's going, we're going to take Alabama. Okay. We are going to take Oklahoma, Oklahoma, in their matchup in the Cotton Bowl against Florida, I see Oklahoma taking care of business. There is no Kyle Pitts for the Gators. Even though Kyle Trask is returning home, the last time he returned home, he fell short against AM. Everybody recalls that. So I'm going to take the Sooners. Uh, You're getting their- points. You're getting points in that game. Yep. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm, we're going to do that. We're taking the Sooners okay. and we're going to, we're going to find ourselves in a, in a great shop. That's going to be the Sunday. That's okay. going to be the ice cream. Okay. All right. Now the nuts, I'm, I'm looking at this matchup and I, I'm telling you, I like TCU hmm. against Arkansas I'm for the nuts. Where is that? That's a Texas bowl. That's the, that's the Texas bowl in Houston. I've got yes. Arkansas. Getting five points from TCU. TCU is the five-point favorite in that game. I'm taking taking TCU in that game. Uh, I just think Gary Patterson loves to finish with the flurry. And they've won their last two, and I think they get this one done. Uh, Before I give you the cherry... Okay, I'm going to. We're now going to go to the Clemson, uh, Ohio State game, which is a lean. All right, just a lean. I am. I am leaning Buckeyes. I think Ohio State is had it up to here with the (laughs) fact that they only played five regular season games. I think the fact that they were able to run the ball against Northwestern, who I think is an accomplished defensive front. Mike Hankowitz, their defensive coordinator, and I coached together years ago at Colorado. There's no way without just dominant offensive front guys that they were giving up the holes they were giving up for Trey Sermon to run for 331 yards in the Big Ten championship game. So I'm going to go with Ohio State as a lean because I'm not going to put big, hard-earned savings on uh, a team trying to knock off Trevor Lawrence. But I like Ohio State in that game. You're getting seven and a half, and and do you think that somewhere in the Ohio State clubhouse or locker room, the the Dabo – 11th ranking. Oh my. <laughs> oh my. It's it. Is it being prominently displayed? Okay. I guarantee you there will be somebody that scores for Ohio state that puts, that up, puts up two ones yeah. 
in the end zone yeah. and start shaking them. <laughs> yeah. Start shaking them. Yeah. 11. Yeah. I'll guarantee we'll see that. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with my final pick, the cherry on top. I'm going to go with Texas over Colorado. The game is in San Antonio, 60 miles from Texas. I think Sam Ellinger is going to go want to go out with a bang. I think Carl Durrell, who was named the Pac-12 coach of the year, uh, has done a whale of a job, but I don't think it's an overly talented Colorado team. And I think Texas takes care of business. Nine and a half. You got to lay nine and a half yep. to your old team, it. the Buffaloes. I'm okay. doing it. Okay. Uh, so I think I've got it all straight. I'm not I'm not going to try to regurgitate all of that. There was plenty in that dessert. And I'll have yes. to I'll have to replay the the podcast over and over just again. Just remember, just remember <laughs> we got Colorado, we got Oklahoma, we got TCU, and we've got Alabama. You don't have Colorado. You have Texas. Oh, I'm sorry, Texas. <laughs> against Colorado. We've got Texas, Alabama, uh, Oklahoma, and TCU. He's brought to you by Taco Time and the Taco Time Northwest app. Download the app and then order ahead at your favorite Taco Time location, and your order will be awaiting you just inside the front door. The next time you and I chat, it'll be 2021, and we'll be done with this crazy year we can look at this crazy year in the rear view mirror which is exactly where it needs to be i wish you and all the new heisels a happy and healthy new year and you and i will discuss the winners in the semifinals and we'll have a national championship game to discuss in our next visit thank you rick thank you rick new heisel i appreciate it mitch happy new year looking forward to the uh, 2021 Hey, back with us on the Zeke's Pizza Hotline, the president of Zeke's Pizza, Dan Black. And Dan, geez, more bad COVID restriction news recently for all of us, especially those of you in the in the restaurant business. What's the deal for our favorite place for Northwest style pizza? Yeah, similar to what we talked about when the pandemic first hit, it's devastating for the restaurant industry. Uh, Zeke's, we feel fortunate in that we have always had a really strong takeout and delivery business. And so we've been able to capitalize on that and consolidate around that. And then we also have the added thing where the pandemic has really raised awareness in terms of beer delivery and alcohol delivery. And Zeke's is a leader in that category. And so uh, we've been able to ride that leadership position and and actually grow a really strong business uh, around takeout and delivery that's even stronger now than it was before. You know, those of us that are pizza shoppers and have pizza delivered to our door uh, we might take the whole process a little bit for granted that phone call the execution but you guys at zeke's take great pride it is very very important that you do this in an efficient manner yeah there's no question the delivery business is unique of course we take great pride and care in the pizza and the beer part with delivery you have the added technology component you know people expect us to be on the level with like Uber and Amazon. And for a company our size, that's always a challenge. Uh, But then in the COVID era, when the pandemic hit, of course, the way you delivered and all the safety precautions that you take totally changed. And when it first hit, we learned all that on the fly. The cool thing about the current situation is our COVID safety game has never been stronger. And so we're just keep going in stride right now, even with the new restrictions, because uh, our delivery is extremely safe from a COVID standpoint. And that's one thing that's different about the second time around. And what's the Black family ordering these days? Yeah, that's a no-brainer. We've been ordering nothing but cans of Hop Tropic with our pizza. And Hop Tropic is our famous and really popular house beer, and it's always been extremely popular. It's a Northwest-style IPA, and 
having it be in cans is a big milestone for Zeke's and Rubens. And the, the cool thing about it is not only can you order it from Zeke's now is it's got distribution around the Puget Sound. So you can get it at QFC and PCC and Chuck's Hop Shop and any place that there's really good beer around, you can find it now, which is pretty awesome. Nice. So online, on the phone, on the app, three ways to have pizza and beer delivered to your door in minutes. Dan Black, the president of Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered. Twelve people who are getting vaccinated for the very first time in our state. Dr. John Lynch, the medical director of infection control and prevention at Harborview Medical Center, calling this day momentous, saying that he's waited nine and a half months to be able to see this happen. Well, to call the last two weeks of COVID vaccinations momentous might be the all-time understatement. What a great privilege it is to welcome in Dr. John Lynch to Mitch Unfiltered. Dr. Lynch is the Director of Infection Control at uh, the UW Medicine. John, great to have you. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, Mitch. Thank you so much for having me on. Take us back to the day you saw the shipment of vaccines for the first time and walk us through the last two weeks. What's it been like, John? Yeah, I think your, your word momentous is really the one that captures it the best. It was a lot more emotional than I anticipated when I saw the videos of folks who I knew, the pharmacists who I work with all the time, move these materials into our pharmacy. But where it really hit home was that Tuesday when we did our first 13 people vaccinated in UW Medicine and really the first 13 people uh, in Washington State. Just connecting it from January to December, 12 months of what we've gone through, and to see those folks get vaccinated, see the emotion that was in their voices, Uh um, to some extent the relief and how grateful they were, it, it was indeed momentous. Incredible. I'm assuming you've seen some sore arms since. The world wants to know, John, what else have you seen in the first few weeks in terms of side effects? You know, we've now vaccinated for, you know, over 4,000 people uh, in UW Medicine, and it's gone really, really well. Definitely some sore arms, some headaches, some fatigue, but we have not seen, and knock on wood, some of the things that we're seeing reported out there, you know, rarely, these allergic responses and so forth. So overall, you know, sore arms so far the, are really the, the watchword. These are the two-shot vaccinations, correct? When do they come back for another poke, the people? So yeah, far? so we actually have two of the products, uh, our formulary right now in our pharmacies. One's the Pfizer vaccine that I think was the first one everyone heard about. That takes, uh, you know, it's two shots. The second shot is about 21 days. There's a little bit of leeway on either side. And we also just last week got the Moderna product, which uses the same mRNA technology. And that one is about 28 days, plus minus a few days Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So three weeks, almost four weeks between the two shots. Dr. John Lynch is our guest. Have you been vaccinated? And what do you say to those that are still hesitant does the uh, the shot hurt more than or less than the actual flu shot that we get every year? You know, let me let me answer that second question first. And it's actually remarkable. I've watched I don't know dozens of people get shots now, get the vaccine, and it almost 100% of them say, I don't think I did. I get the shot yet? Did it happen? Because they don't even feel it happen. I don't know why that's happening. But it's really, people don't really even notice getting vaccinated when it happens. And that's very different than when you look at the flu shot. Generally, people know when it's happening, particularly when you get in the injection. Mm-hmm. So getting the shot itself seems like a nothing happened. You know, it's easy, easy thing to do. 
around me, I am uh, what's called group two in the big phase 1A. So my vaccine is scheduled for the middle of January. It was really important to me to see my colleagues who are really, you know, the ones on the very front line, the emergency departments, in the ICUs, in the clinics, and in the uh, acute care floors who take care of COVID patients every single day to see that happen first. I'm not that person, and so I'm willing to wait, uh, but I'm very excited about it happening in the middle of January. Maybe people don't feel it, John, because they're so excited to get it. I I can't remember the last time I would be so excited to get a shot. Maybe I'll never in my (laughs) lifetime never again. (laughs) It may be. It it may be, you know, being on the receiving end, that emotional sensation, but it it was actually remarkable uniformly every single person i've seen said are you sure did i did it actually happen Mm. which i can't explain but it's true (laughs) how stunning is it that we are literally vaccinating people 10 months later when did you see the first covid case john and had i asked you to project when we would have seen vaccinations you would have said what to me back in january february Oh, I would have said at the best, probably sometime in 2021. And really, I don't know whether it was going to be the middle or later. To see a vaccine out into the population this quickly is absolutely astounding. My level of gratefulness for the scientists who did all this work, you know, and not just this year, but over the decades Mm -hmm. that went into doing this work. You know, these vaccines have decades of research behind them. And all that work has led up till what we're able to do now. My first, you know, interaction with, you know, dealing with the COVID-19 epidemic was really back in January when we had that very first case diagnosed uh, up in Prov Everett here Mm -hmm. in in, in Snohomish County. Mm -hmm. And public health called my team to work on the exposed folks, so people who are out in the community. And I think I had my first patient who actually was diagnosed with COVID sometime in the middle of February. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's been really a year-long process. And you know, to think about beginning of the year, just getting in this pandemic, dealing with patient number one, and then 18 million plus patients later wow. to be vaccinating people is is mind blowing. It's just astounding. Yeah, I think it's still very important to learn what these vaccines are actually protecting us from. Dr. Lynch, are we talking protection from contracting the virus altogether or are we shielding those vaccinated from getting a highly symptomatic rendition of COVID? Yeah, so that's a great question. The first thing that we absolutely know is that these vaccines are incredibly powerful to protect us from getting severe COVID-19 or die from COVID-19. So, and that's really the goal, right? We don't want people getting really, really sick from these infections. That's what we definitely know. And it's 90 to 95% decrease. The other part though is, will the vaccine prevent us from getting any COVID or potentially having a very low level of infection that allows us to transmit to another person? Right. And there's some early signals that that's, that may be true, but we're still waiting for the science to come out on that. And I think for both all of the vaccines that are out there, people are looking at answering those exact questions. Mm-hmm. And I hope to be seeing that mm-hmm. answer, at least some answer in the next couple of weeks. So assume for a second that I, a healthy 53-year-old father of two, came in and was vaccinated tomorrow. I'll wait my turn, of course. How, how would that change the way you would want me to behave moving forward? Would I go back to our normal life, no mask, restaurants if they were open, or would I still alter my approach on some level? Yeah, and so this is a really important question, Mitch, and the most important thing I can tell you is that as it stands right now, based on what we know, what we really want people to do when they get vaccinated, even after the second vaccine, 
is that we want them to stick with wearing the mask, uh, do the distancing, all that sort of stuff. Sort of stay the course until one sufficient number of people are vaccinated, right? And what that you know magical threshold is. Is it 70% of people? Is it 80% of people out there? When we hit that threshold, we're gonna be able to move as a population, as a community back towards some level of normalcy. But until then, what we really need to do is to stick with the masks, stick with the distancing, knowing that even if we get infected, that our risk of getting very seriously ill is much, much lower. But there's still this issue of transmission uh, and that's really why we need to wait until we either know more and yes. maybe the vaccine data will show us yes. that, you know, people are vaccinated, get the two vaccines really don't get infected and they can't transmit. That's going to be incredible. I would love to see that. But until I know it, uh, I want to stick with what's conservative to keep accruing the wins that we're making with the vaccine process right now. Final question for Dr. John Lynch. He's the director of infection for UW uh, Medicine. Of course, those eager to get shots like me are not so patiently waiting. Yeah. With the approval of the second vaccine, Moderna, to go along with the initial one, and I'm imagining there'll be some others that uh, come along down the pike. Are these conservative estimates of late summer for the healthy section of the population? Do you think that might change for the better as we draw near? You know, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, these companies, I think, are doing a, a really good job with their supply chain. There has been some ups and downs, some more downs than ups recently about how much we're actually getting, you know, distributed around the country. But I, I, I actually feel pretty optimistic for the first time in a year around how we're handling this pandemic. You know, we've really been on defense to think about, about a sports analogy. Mm-hmm. And the vaccine allows us to move to offense. Mm. This allows us to take control to be able to not just defend ourselves through distancing, through the masking, all the disruptions in our life, but to take some control back, move up the field. Uh, And I really do think that we're looking at crossing in the end zone, looking at high rates of vaccination later this year. And what I mean by that is, you know, you, Mitch, your family, your colleagues having access to these, you know, potentially life-saving tools. So the Seahawks win the NFC West. We've got vaccinations. We're already off to a good start in 2021, and 2021's not even here yet. Dr. John Lynch, the Director of Infection Control at the University of Washington Medicine. John, thank you so much for your time, and more importantly than your time, your 10 minutes here, thank you so much for you and your colleagues and your service over the last year. Incredible stuff, and And uh, we just look forward to a healthier and better 21 and beyond. Thanks so much, John. Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to you too, Mitch. Thanks for having me on. Down to the nitty gritty of the football season. We've had our fireplace working overtime in the Levy family the last few weeks. Great to welcome back in to Mitch Unfiltered, the owner of our friends at Fireside Home Solutions, John Waterstrat is with us. John, how are things going with the governor's decision to clamp back down for you guys the last couple of weeks? Well, thanks for asking, Mitch. And uh, I know it's tough out there, especially for those restaurant workers and some other industries that have been hurt hard. We feel for them and we're here for you guys. And uh, we have had some different changes uh, with the capacity of our stores. So again, we are limiting the amount of people coming in there. We want to make sure the health and safety of those people that are visiting us. We ask everyone that if you do want to come down, please make an appointment. If you don't, no big deal. We have a border set up, kind of like at a movie theater. Mm -hmm. We'll come get you as soon as 
as we reach you when you come in the door, just to make sure there's not too many people in the showroom. We're trying to keep that into that 25% capacity. So the health and safety of our customers is our top priority. Are you running into any small delays, John, in receiving units from manufacturers as a result of the latest here with COVID? not out of the normal that we've seen in the last, you know, six months that we've been kind of going through this. Truck drivers getting sick, so trying to find another person. Our manufacturers are actually done really, really well monitoring their cases, doing their temperature checks. If they do have people, quarantining them, keeping them away from each other. So if one does have it, they can keep the manufacturer lines going, but just little delays. But again, customers have been really, really great. If we have delays, we're calling them. They've been very, very gracious at this time. So our members, of Mitch Unfiltered, the audience members of Mitch Unfiltered want to start the process. How long are they looking at from beginning to end, from the time they maybe make an appointment to be in one of your showrooms to the time that they're enjoying their fireplace with their families in their living room? Uh, we've spoke about this before, Mitch. It's a, it's a great question. So from the door, you'll get to be able to look at some great units. We'll send out an expert to come do some measurements, and then we'll get you on the installation board. Between that, the showroom, the measurements, and then getting you on the board, anywhere between three to four weeks, and then we can have that beautiful fireplace. Uh, we all know that it's really cold out there right now, especially on those cold evenings as we're staying home more. Just that family gathering area, we can gain that nice warmth and comfort in your home. Three to four weeks, start your search for a brand new fireplace at our sponsor, Mitch Unfiltered sponsor, Fireside Home Solutions, firesidehomesolutions.com. Unfiltered. Other stuff segment. Go, Hotshot Scott. Neverland Ranch. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Yeah, it's been sold. Michael Jackson bought it in 1987. Yeah. It was this amazing amusement park. Right in the backyard, right? I was, yeah. A lot of bad things happened over there. Allegedly, a lot of bad things happened. There's been some settlements and all that. But I was 13 when he bought it. I remember thinking, this is how I would spend my money right now. This is the house I would build. There's roller coasters and there's a zoo. Yeah, sure. So when he passed away, his estate put it up for $100 million. Yeah. And it was sold for $2.58. <laughs> I, I wish I would have bought it. Yeah. Billionaire Ron Burkle scooped it up for a fifth of that. It's funny say. because when I read that story, and you're not going to get a kick out of this at all because it's not really anything to get a kick out of. When I read that Ron Burkle had bought the Neverland Ranch, yeah. I immediately said to myself, God, I know the name Ron Burkle. Hmm. From the sports world. I feel like I know the name. I feel like it's the sports world, but maybe it's another news story or so- somewhere along the line, the name Ron Burkle and Mitch Levy crossed paths. Not not the two of us. I'm saying the name and me have sure. crossed paths. And I and and literally as I sit here and I tried to figure it out, I went digging. I as I sit here right now, I still don't know where Ron Burkle, where I know the name Ron Burkle from. You didn't. I know the name Ron Burkle. I don't know if it was an NBA team or a mm. son i just feel like i know the name ron burkle well he used to help michael with his investments and stuff so no I, I, it wouldn't be michael jo- it wouldn't be michael jackson related there huh. he, he had something else he did something else in his he's a billionaire so maybe yeah. it was a, a professional sports team there was something where he was rumored I, I don't know i feel like i know the name ron burkle did you do any research on that in the old internet no. machine no uh, yeah i did but it didn't work <laughs> out for me in the google machine you plug that in quick update you i bing do you remember? <laughs> that's right. You're at as am I. I'm very loyal. Yeah, you remember I the happy tell. couple I told you about, Yuri Talachko, who married his fiance Morgan in late November, and Morgan is the real doll. 
Yes, I know all about that. Uh, are you going to give us an update There's on There's an them? update on, this, on the okay. happy couple. Are you all ready? Right. Sure. She tragically broke just before Christmas, and Yuri is not happy about it. Uh-oh. He's waiting to see if his wife, called Margot, can be repaired in time for Christmas. I don't have an update if, in fact, she was, but this is the last I saw. So, oh, it's actually celebrated on January 7th in his country. She's broken. Now she's being repaired. She's in another yeah. city. When she recovers, it will be a gift for both of us. So he's still going through with it. Still trying I'm to. So it to happy that, that you that you circle back to check on these people. <laughs> oh, every, I, do I call them people? Well, one of them's a person. Yeah, one of them's a person. Oh yeah, that's all. Yeah. That, that's my whole life is doing. Should that. we play Adam Silver? You were asked earlier this week about the possibility of expansion, and for the first time in years, you didn't shut the door on it. Adam, you know the glee you caused in Seattle with those comments. I will ask you, how likely would you say expansion is in the near future? Well, I, you know, what I said. Honestly, it was not all that different than what I've said in the past. What I said is it's inevitable that we'll expand at some point. And when asked about Seattle specifically, you know, Rachel, I, of course, was in the league um, when the Sonics were in, were in town. You know, we didn't make a secret out of the fact that we hated to leave Seattle. But at the time we left, um, it was clear that Key Arena, the then Key Arena, was not at NBA specifications. And there were no plans on the table to build a new arena in Seattle. And that was whenever, 12 years ago or so. Now we're at the point where... There is a, a, a new arena, in essence, you know, a, a rebuilt key arena mm-hmm. that's come online. NHL team going into Seattle. So, one, you now have the state-of-the-art arena that didn't exist back then. And I'd say in terms of expansion, it's been a long time since the league expanded. It's, it's, it's not on the front burner. I mean, we're not about to expand at this moment, as you can imagine, <laughs> just as to <laughs> earlier that are occupying us around the clock expansion is not on the top of the list but it will we'll turn back to it at some point and, and i've said you know we loved when we were in seattle we've had incredible fans there incredible i think 40-year history of having a team in that market and, and there's no doubt there's enormous support there so at, at the right time you know i, I think the, the the team owners will, will, will turn back to that issue there you go did he say they hated to leave seattle yes they hated it I thought it was a big middle finger sayonara. <laughs> Hated to leave well, Seattle. Get out of here with that bullshit. The only crap. guy that can really answer that question is not, a, is yeah. not with us any longer. Yeah. So he's well, not I mean, available well, for comment. But Adam was like his vice then. Yeah, right? yeah, so he yeah. remembers the whole thing. Oh, sure. Sure. He's very much in the middle of it. You hated to leave Seattle. Ugh. Gross. Big liar. Can't stand those guys. That was heartbreaking when they left for me. It was, you don't think that you don't think he's being honest when he says he, he hated to leave Seattle? No. Hated to leave it? You, you wouldn't have. What kind of effort did you put in to make sure that didn't happen well, for something you hated? What was the I, effort? I hear you. I hear you. Thank you. I hear you. Some would say that they put effort in, and Seattle turned them away. You know, there's lots of ways to look. We could have this conversation. You want to have this conversation yeah. for six hours? We could look at it a lot of different ways. You know, you could say that the NBA didn't want Seattle. You could say that Seattle didn't want the NBA. You could say that the owners didn't want Seattle. You could say that the other owner, the owner that sold the team, didn't care about Seattle. There's, yeah. there's a lot of different ways to look at this. It's a little more complicated, I understand, yeah. than just him not wanting. But, My yeah. guess is, had Seattle given them the arena that they wanted, the team would have never left Seattle. I don't know if that makes you feel any better. I don't think the NBA would have ever let the team leave Seattle if they had a doable, viable arena plan. So they, they would have vetoed the sale to 
to what's his name? Or are they, well, are first they of, well, well, first of all, it? Howard Schultz may not have sold the team. If, and I don't want, I'm not defending Howard Schultz. I, <laughs> I am not defending Seattle. I, I am not Opening defending. This up again, all I'm not wounds. defending the county council and <laughs> yeah. the mayor and the, the oh, governor. Mayor. I'm not defending anybody. I'm not right. defending uh, David Stern. I almost called him Howard Stern. I, I'm not defending anybody. I'm just saying that that ownership group, Howard Schultz went to the city, they went to the county, they went to the state and said, we need to do something with the arena. And they were given the stiff arm. Sure were. And that led to the sale. Yep. It sold to somebody out of state. David Stern came in here and was given the middle finger yep. by, by Olympia. Yep. And David Stern, rumors have it, got back on his private plane and said, I'll show them. Yep. They want to give me the middle finger? I'll give them the middle finger right back. Yeah. So there's lots of storylines. I'm not, I'm not taking... For the sake of this particular podcast, <laughs> I am not taking any any sides. It's the New Year's edition of Mitch Unfiltered, <laughs> right. so cut it out. Go to the next. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, rest in peace time. Yes. We're going to get Casey Jones. Oh, and I've never told you the Casey Jones-Mitch Levy story. No, you haven't. I, he was 88 years old and he passed away. Should he, I let time go before I tell you the story, or should I just bust right into it? I mean, does it does it put him in a bad light or... Is it embarrassing for him? A little, a little bit. All right. Well, go ahead. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I thought, just I thought, a little bit. I thought I mean, if the answer is yes, you don't want me to do it. Do you remember the Detlef Schrempf Golf Tournament? I used to volunteer there. Yes. Do you know that I actually was considered at one point a, a celebrity oh, in the Detlef Schrempf Golf Tournament? It's a true story. Do they want to get their money back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, who drew me. to be fair to you, the celebrities there were, no, uh, you know. Yeah. Right here. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> so, Detlef did this thing where, uh, for a couple of years there, this is going back 20-something years, yeah. he did a thing where he invited, to, as, a, as a gesture of goodwill to the celebrities who would be at the Monday tournament, the Detlef tournament. On Sunday, he'd get all the celebrities together, celebrities. Yeah. Al and we'd Cowlings. All, and we'd all, go, we'd all go out and play. <laughs> yeah, okay. He, he put together a round nice. for all the celebrities. And I got paired with Casey Jones. Great. At Echo Falls Golf Club. That's probably the biggest name there. Mine? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was so, saying. <laughs> I, 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 it was a rainy, wet, rainy day. Okay, and I am, and I am with Casey Jones, the legendary oh. player, coach, Hall of Famer, Casey Jones and Mitch. He's probably twenty. So he died at eighty-eight. So he's probably, I want to say, it's twenty. He's probably sixty-eight years old. Okay. Okay. And we're playing, and people who know, I haven't played Echo Falls probably since that, eh, I haven't played it since that day. All right. There was a long par five on the front side that was downhill that you could reach in two. Okay. Not that that matters, but it was a downhill par five. And I was playing with Casey Jones, and I was, I, I, hit, I hit my second shot short of the green. And I was a little right and a little short of the green. And so I'm waiting for Casey Jones to play, and I don't remember who our third celebrity was. And Casey Jones hits a ball. It's probably his fifth shot. He hits a, he hits a ball right down towards my feet near where I'm standing, just right of the, of the green. So he comes walking down the hill Yeah. fast. He's walking down the hill, okay. and he's about to play his next shot, which is sitting at my feet, and about 30 feet from me maybe 40 feet from me he goes down oh god face first face first face freaking first i picture him falling on his rear no oh. he went down and he slid oh no, <laughs> oh, no. 30, like 40 feet 
right down like Pete Rose going into third base. Like he's on a slip and slide or but something? He, yeah. He went all the way out and right into his ball. <laughs> oh, no. Is that right? Oh, my God. And he looked up at me, and he had – a face full of Echo Falls grass, oh, like you have never seen. It was in his mouth. Oh. He spit it out. It was in his mouth. And I was, I mean, I don't know. He was 68 years old. I didn't know how old he was. Yeah. He wasn't like running around. I was like, we're, I was like, at one point, I was like, when this was happening, it was all slow motion. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I was like, is he okay? Yeah. I mean, I, he could have really hurt himself. Older gentleman. Yeah. No, really yeah. hurt himself. The last thing I want to do is be with him when he, when Casey Jones. Slips at Mitch Levy's feet, breaks the ball. I didn't want. Right. I didn't want. I didn't want to be a part of that. But you also know that he's a legend, and you don't, want, you don't want to embarrass him. No, no, by running no. over to help no, him no, up. No, or, no, no, yeah. Running over, he <laughs> slipped right to my feet. I'd have to go anywhere. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> like thirty yards right to my feet. Yeah, and, you're in a uh, tough spot for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I my literally my heart was in my mouth because as you know, I like older people. That's right. My heart was in my mouth until he got up and. And I realized, he's like, I'm okay, I'm okay, no problem. He kind of jumped up, pretty spry, yeah. jumped up, well, we- no problems, tried to get himself. He, he never looked the same the rest of the round, yeah. whatever. And 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 once, once I was, it was delayed. At once I was away, and I finished the hole, and I'm replaying this in my mind. Yeah, you let loose, oh, oh, <laughs> not in front of him, of course. Yeah, yeah. It may have been the funniest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> it, it helps that he was okay, and that he was like, you know, hot shot. He came. <laughs> Face and his face is going boom, boom, boom. Oh boom, no, God! How did he go face first? I'm not, still not sure. He just his feet just kind of g- gave out. Wow! And he and he slid right into his ball. I, it was a penalty shot. I mean, it's a penalty. You can't. <laughs> you made sure you put it on his car. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stroke. That's a stroke. Anyway. Rules are rules. Casey. Anyway, he was an absolute delight and pleasure, as you would expect. Yeah, I'm sorry to see about his passing, but that was a. Those were four hours. He was so kind and gentle, and I know that he sings. He used to sing a lot. I think he sang that day. He used to love to sing. Had a great huh, voice. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I mean, he was. He's one of seven players to win a gold medal, NCAA championship, and NBA wow. championship. It's wow. pretty impressive. Yeah. Eight-time NBA champ, twice as a coach. Yeah, I think he's got more rings than anybody in the history of basketball when you consider the ones as a coach, the ones as a player, the ones as an assistant coach. Yeah. You tally all his rings, I think he might have the most. Coach the Sonics? He just sure did. That's for, why he was there. Yeah, for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he was at Echo Falls. Slip sliding away. That's right. Yeah, so it's a, uh, yeah, rest in bed. That was a stirring yeah. tribute by us, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> That was no, uh, no. He, he's that. the third Hall of Famer from the 1965 NBA champions to die this year. Isn't that kind of bizarre? Uh, John yeah. Thompson, we lost, and we lost Tommy Heinsohn. Sure, yeah. I've sure. noticed something weird on Twitter. This is going to sound insensitive. Stay with me. When when a celebrity dies, people then tweet at them. Oh, I loved you as a player. You're going to be missed. You haven't seen that. Well, why why do they wait till they die but, to tell them that? You should got to tell them before they die. Yes, and he can't see it now. I, I don't know why people do that. Have you, you uh, ever noticed that? No, I don't. I don't follow that. You don't. You don't. You don't read comments or anything when somebody dies. It's such a weird. Yeah, yeah. I read. I, I read nice. I write one. I wrote. I. I think I probably wrote one about him. Maybe but you're I not did. writing to him. No, no, no. Yeah, people go. Oh, Casey, They're I love tagging him. <laughs> yes, it's like I hate to tell you, but he's not going to be able to. All right, moving on. Okay. So I think this is the one you probably. This is going to be the toughest one. Oh, is the uh, Ty, Ty Jones? Yeah, I know. <sighs> Nineteen years old. <sighs> Played for the University of Utah, played football. Freshman of the year in the Pac-12, right. running back. I think he tore up Wazoo in the last game. Probably did. Yeah. Accidentally killed himself, shot himself? Yep. Isn't that the story? In the hip. I don't get that. I don't know how, I, yeah. 
when you hear hip, you're like, okay, at least I don't wasn't... know. I don't know that I want to know any more information. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that it. Ca- I, 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 I kind of hate myself that I'm curious. All I know is that a 19-year-old, as if 2020 wasn't bad enough. I right. mean, we're talking about 81-year-old Phil Necro, who was a big who I was a big fan of growing up because I was a huge Braves fan as a kid. We're talking about Casey Jones, who lived till 88 years old. Yep. 19 years old, dies of an accidental gunshot wound on, on Christmas? Right. Or right near, come on. Right. Oh, how does it get worse than that? I know. How does it get worse than that? Yeah, it, it, it wasn't even, it wasn't even the, the wrong place at the wrong time. Where I don't oh, know. I don't know the details. Well, I mean, you know, you hear about stray bullets. Some, it's just, that's horrifying. And, but it wasn't even that. It's like he had it on him. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the whole thing is Was just, he with somebody? I don't even know yeah, if he was with somebody. Who knows? But just terrible, terrible, self-inf- terrible stuff. Yeah, self-inflicted, but oh. accidental. Yeah, God, guy's dead. Brutal, 19. Oh. I mean, you have uh, families. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ruined. Yep. No, he was looked like a great player too. He was going to yeah. make a name for himself. And you were going to say Phil Necro. Phil Necro is the other oh, one I, I have. loved him. I don't know a ton. I, when you say if you oh. were to, if you said to me Phil Necro, I would say knuckleball. Yeah, Nuxy. That's him. that's all I would know. But, loved him. Yeah, twenty three year career. Loved him. Was he a knuckleball pitcher early on, or did he adapt to that to keep his career going? Knuckleball you know? pitcher from the beginning. Really? <laughs> Father taught him the knuckleball. His brother, younger brother Joe Joe Necro, the Houston Astros. He threw the knuckleball. Uh, Phil won over 300 games. He had a no-hitter. He's a baseball Hall of Famer. And he was on my beloved, lowly Atlanta Braves when they were so bad. Oh. They were the worst team in, in the National League every year, and I loved them like nobody loved them. Yeah. I sat and listened to my brother's Panasonic radio. <laughs> remember the little, yeah, yeah, do you remember the little stereos that were self-contained? That yeah, The speakers were on a little stand, and there was a record player oh, on sure. top yeah, of it, yeah. and the little radio of on course. top. Oh, my God. I sat in my brother's room. He was off in college in the 19, late 1970s, early 80s, and listened to – this is before TBS. There was no such thing as WTBS – Listen to every single Braves game and every fifth game he started. And I never missed a Phil Necro. I loved nah. Phil Necro. 23 years, 3,342 strikeouts. Loved him. Crazy. Yeah. 3.35 ERA for his, for 23 year career is pretty darn impressive. Inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1997 as a fifth ballot candidate. Fifth ballot yeah. for everybody. Yeah. I, I hate yeah. that guy. Survived by his wife, Nancy, three sons and grandchildren. He was 81 years old. Yep. Uh, the last one, you're probably not going to know this name, but a lot of people will. Leslie West. He well, was, we didn't talk about Kevin Green or we talked about him last week. That was last week. Okay. Because I said the pros versus Joes. I, I loved when he yeah, was Yeah, that might have that been show. the P episode, but okay, go ahead. Leslie West was the founding member and guitarist for a band called Mountain. And they had a, a, band, a song called Mississippi Queen, which you would definitely know. Oh, Mississippi I would know? Mississippi Queen, okay. you know what I mean. Nothing. He was the singer. He plays guitar. <laughs> Not your version. Yeah. yeah that, I don't know that, your that, version. That probably didn't help you. But go, go listen to that song again. Listen to the tone on his. He was such a great guitar player. This band played at Woodstock in their first year as a band. He was 75 years old. Okay. So rest in peace to him. All right. Last one. Final. I got a, are, you, are you good? You got anything else? Or? No. Okay. Dateline, Marion County, Florida. I don't know where Marion County is. Deputies say, deputies say a Florida man stuffed over $1,000 up his buttocks into his rectum. We sure it's not Martin County, Florida? Uh, this is, Could I, you have messed that up? Okay, go ahead. It doesn't really matter. Let's, let's just say Marion County. That, that's the part you're focusing on after I said a guy stuck 1000 bucks up his butt. You want to focus on the county? All right. Small um, bills? Well, we're going to find out. It was an attempt to hide it from deputies after he was arrested on Saturday. He's pulled over on the highway for speeding. They smelled marijuana. 
By the way, how is marijuana not legal in Florida? Just quit fighting the fight and give in. I didn't even know it wasn't. Oh, yeah. It's illegal. A lot of it's starting to come around a little bit. But anyway, we're coming around. Marijuana pulled up. After searching the vehicle, they found 197 grams of methamphetamine, rock cocaine, four grams of heroin. Holy. A scale was also found on the car. Not not the kind of the health club. Just in case you weren't clear on that. Right. For weighing stuff. Yeah. Smaller stuff. Yeah. He was arrested, taken to Marion County Jail, it says again. Officials say that when they arrived at the jail, the money Stokes had on him appeared to be missing. And Stokes told the cops, no, no, you already took the money from me. He's trying to, like, you know, trick him a little bit here. Detention deputies then noticed something quite unusual. Marion County Sheriff's Office posted on their Facebook page that deputies observed $20 bills falling from Stokes' buttocks area. (laughs) After a necessary but undesirable process for everyone involved, the deputies located $1,090 in cash hidden in Stokes' rectum. In the rectum? Yeah. Holy God. A lot of questions, but we're not here for that. No. I have a lot of questions. No. He was additionally charged. I don't want the answers. (laughs) He was additionally charged with smuggling contraband into a detention facility. $1,000 up there. All right. A man with weed, meth, crack, heroin, a scale, and cash in his car. He must be a grade school teacher in Florida. Oh, you hate the Florida jokes. <laughs> judging, by, judging by Mr. Stokes' mugshot, he looks pretty bummed. <laughs> after, all the money, after all the money my family blew on Christmas this year, I essentially did, this, did the same thing as this guy. <laughs> the real victim in this story is the next person to snort cocaine through one of those bills. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and finally, the silver lining to this story is that his customers don't pay him in change. There you go. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. I have a lot of questions for the guy. Let's try to get him on. Uh, so New Year's Eve is what? Thursday night? And New Year's Day is Friday this week. We'll have to figure out our our schedule on Mitch Unfiltered. This will be the last kind of free-ish show, Monday show. So I'd like oh, to yeah. I'd like to all the people that are non-patrons out there that won't be with us until 2021. I want to wish everybody a happy and healthy new year. We all hope that 2021 will be better than 2020. We can all just put 2020 aside. Can't be worse. And pretend like it never happened, but right. it did. Um, and uh, you and I will be back for some sort of a 123P. I don't know how exactly we'll do that or when, but uh, we will. Okay. Yeah. Happy New Year to everybody. What Thanks are you going to do for the New Year's? Well, typically in the past we get a hotel, a hotel room, and there's a swimming pool and all that, but I don't yeah. know, if, I don't know if we're, what we're doing. I don't know if we're going to – I don't know. I have no plans right now. We may try to go away for a night. Okay. Know, we'll see. Episode 123, get your Beat the Boys picks in for weekend number 17. Become a become a patron for the holidays. Yes. MitchUnfiltered.com, and you'll get all kinds of neat bonus stuff. This is uh, episode 123 in the books. Yeah.